What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Saturdays and Seltzers, or welcome if you are new here. We had a badass guest this week. Kat Ellis joined the show to spill all of the tea. Later on in the show, after some sports talk, I do have the story of my break-in. And at the end of the show, stay tuned to see who our exciting guest for next week is. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's have a good one. Let's go. It's Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah, Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. <laughs> Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. Woo. What is up, party people? Welcome or welcome back to Saturdays and Seltzers. My name is Kendra Middleton, and I am joined by my co-host, Sarah Griffin. Sarah, how are we? Living the dream. Living the dream. Living the mother freaking dream, baby. Um, We just got off the phone with our guest this week, Kat Ellis. So stay tuned for that. Honestly, one of my favorite interviews we have done so far. But with that being said, I am sufficiently hammered already. (laughs) Um, So I think we should start off with our Smasher Pass. I think that we're both drinking the usual, TBH. Yeah, mine's still Smash, but still send me shit. We have tea. (laughs) <laughs> we have tea. Sarah, tell me. Okay. Okay. So, we, obviously, I tweeted at them. Then Kendra reposted my tweet to our Instagram story, tagged them. They liked it. And then we're like, oh, like, what's your email? So, we gave them Saturdays and Seltzer's email. Nothing. Crickets. It's been a week. Crickets. And I'm like, I'm sorry. The only time I see anyone talk about your product is when your ad is promoted on my Twitter every single day. Other than that, it's just me. I went through and I honest to God name search. It's just me. <laughs> it's weird because they have so many followers. Okay. Yes. Like, like 50 K on Twitter. What? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I looked this up the other day. Go, go fact check me, but I clicked on their Twitter or their Instagram the other day and they had like a dick ton of followers. See The tequila, the Cazador is like Twitter just has 864. Oh, see, I could have, wait, what did I look at? Because I swear there was one platform where I was like, they have that many fucking followers and they're not responding to us. We love you. I think that this is where Tyler needs to play. Like, is it Akon that sings, I want to love you? Okay. On Instagram, they have like 24K. Okay. All right. That's, you know, we have more than that combined. What are than that? Like, come on. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay, what the heck? What the heck? Um, I'm drinking. Much. We don't. We honestly, no, we don't even ask for much. We literally don't ask for shit. Oh. Like ever. We go on vacation to Buffalo and Philadelphia. We don't <laughs> ask for shit. Um, I'm drinking. Okay, I think I'm. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. Um, but no, I'm going to say it. I think that this fruit smash, I'm drinking fruit smash, shocker, shocker. I'm drinking the super hard seltzer, the cherry one. Mm-hmm. I think that these are better than the regular ones. Is the cherry one good? I feel like I would like that one. Yeah. The cherry one's bussin'. So uh, we try these together. We did? 
Yeah. When? When you came to stay the night for something, we tried the supercharge pack together. Oh, on I IG. think before the before the bean pot. I think. Yes. Yeah. Bean pot. Yes. We tried okay, these, yeah. and I think that this was the best one because this is the can we liked the least, but it was the best flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these do be bussin'. They're eight percent. A little high on the caloric side, but like 8%, I'll take it. Like, it's like kind of like almost two in 12 ounces. So like, you know what? Fuck it, we ball. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what we're drinking tonight. Obviously we are an alcohol show, but mostly sports. Um. If you are new here, we do a segment every week called every, uh, am I hammered? I don't know. <laughs> every week called HLH, which is our high, our low, and our hero of the week. So our high of the week, our low of the week, and our unexpected good thing that happened to us. Sarah, what is your HLH? Okay, so honestly, I did mine, and then I saw both your highs. Like, how the fuck do I not think of either of these things? Mm. But so my high is I signed a lease for an apartment. Yeah, Bostonian Sarah, welcome to the club, baby. I know, I'm like, I don't have to worry about driving in and out anymore. And as the biggest hater of driving, this is huge <laughs> I already looked up the T okay I'm I'm gonna be creepy for a second I'm gonna be so creepy for a second Do it. Sarah sent me her address the other day and I prematurely looked up the public transportation options to get to Sarah it's like a 43 minute T ride <laughs> so our tea party segment should just be me on the T yeah. <laughs> or you Perfect. on the T I was just going back and forth to each other. Yes, literally, because that's what's going to happen. I feel like we're just, you know, we're not just podcast hosts. We're real life friends. <laughs> so, yeah. No, people forget we do. <laughs> we are friends. <laughs> okay, what's your low? Okay, my low, this is like a long winded story, but I want to keep it concise here. So I went out Tuesday night since I was like, oh, this is my Saturday, whatever. I dragged poor Jordan out. I'm I saw. Dragging out people. That you should have called me. I was off. I know. I thought that after. I'm like, I'm like torturing people with nine to five to come hang out. And then there's people who work in sports who don't live real life. <laughs> so we went out and I was not paying for the Bruins game. Fuck that. My sister went. She had a good time. Even though they lost. But I was like, I'm not paying for that. So mm-hmm. we just drank around uh, the garden and we met these boys at First of all, I would just like to say, before I talk to this boy, there is a man. I don't think he will ever listen to this, but if he's out there, he went to the harp with his men's league team after they went to the game. Men's league great- what? Men's league what? Men's league hockey. Okay, never mind. Because I <laughs> my low is also about a boy who's in a men's league, but it's rugby. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. so I'd be like, this motherfucker. No, this man, I, I don't know what it is that he does, whatever. He's just like, no, like, I'm an immensely team. Like, this is embarrassing. I was like, no, good for you. <laughs> so off, And we were just shooting the shit. And then I was like, okay, I'm not here to do this, though. So I was like, all right, moving on. And then these boys came up to me, Jordan. And I don't want to name names, but apparently there's a rugby team here in Massachusetts. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. God damn it. We didn't even talk about this ahead of time. I know we should have talked about this because I was like, I don't know who who to talk to. But this boy is on that team and he's from New Zealand. And I don't know how many of them there are from there. So I might have just given away. Like, I don't know. Sarah, did we kiss the same boy this weekend? Wait, no, mine was Irish. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) 
this one wasn't even bad. It was the one talking to Jordan, like, ended up, like, being, like, he was, like, oh, like, talking to her, like, sweet talking to her, all this stuff. Goes to request her on Instagram. Girlfriend in his picture. And so they were supposed to go to the Celtics together the next day. She's like, oh, fuck you. Like, no. And then his friend texted me that I was talking to. He's like, oh, like, are we still going to hang out like on Friday? I was like, honestly, no. <laughs> and he's like, why? I was like, um, my friend and your friend. He goes, what about them? Like, I think you know what the issue is. He goes, yeah. <laughs> but then I'm driving home from Jordan's yesterday or driving to school. And he starts calling me. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> so long story short, New Zealand boys, not it. Not bussin. Certified not bussin. <laughs> New Zealand, not bussin. And I don't know anything about this rugby team. I know I follow it now on Instagram. I should probably go unfollow it. But I hope they lose. Me too. I hope that honestly... They all catch COVID and lose everything. Does that mean? I don't really care. I hope your season. Rugby over. boy's girlfriend, if you're listening to this, dump his ass. <laughs> you can do so much better because what the fuck? Fuck no, baby. But yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, and then after that, we go to a different bar and this guy comes up to me and goes, oh, you guys, or comes up to me and Jordan goes, oh, you guys are just the heart, right? And he was talking to Jor- Jordan first when we were at the heart. And he goes, no, I'm going to talk to the blonde bitch now. <laughs> He's like, I'm going for this one instead. I was like, we can hear you. <laughs> are people fucking dumb? Also, like, if you're trying, okay, I'm putting my pen down. First of all, if you're trying to hook up with someone, cool. Second of all, the best way he described you was I'm trying to talk to the blonde bitch now. And third of all, if you said it loud enough for someone to hear it, let alone you thought that, what the fuck? It it was insanity and you know I'm not confrontational but Jordan was like what the fuck did you just say like blah 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 going on you are I I understand why you did not call me now because you know that I would have had that man (laughs) on the floor in a fucking full Nelson in public (laughs) truly literally though it would have been truly seen (laughs) I I honestly I I'm glad that you did not call me because that would have happened so yeah, low once again is men, and there's that guy on Twitter who apparently I'm boy crazy. So I'm so sorry. About this. We are all boy crazy. Shut the fuck up. But yeah, men ain't it for like the what is this our 34th episode? Mm-hmm. 34th mm-hmm. in a row. Men. <laughs> okay, hero. Hero is just the Red Sox season. I'm excited about that. I'm finally starting to get hyped up now that we're getting all the spring training content. Mm-hmm. And that we actually know there is going to be a season and there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm excited for that. So that's cool. my hero. Cool. Um, my HLH this week, my, ooh, I just got a text message from Mallory Soloris. A little preview of next week. Boston Pride Captain, two-time <laughs> champion. 
Mallory Suarez. Absolute queen. Coming on SNS next week. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna change my my high. It's funny that she sent this just now because my high. Actually, I have two. One of them is the Boston Pride. Um, they won the Izzy for the second year in a row. But my that that is obviously a high. But my real high was Mallory FaceTiming me on the ice with the net in her hand. And I literally, I, I have pictures of Mallory dumping her seltzer on her face on FaceTime. And she just kept screaming, Saturdays and seltzers, this is for you. <laughs> literally, this is Mallory. <laughs> so that's my high. Mallory, hopefully we'll be on the show next week. She just texted me back that she wants to come talk shit with us next week. So stay tuned for that if you are a Boston Pride fan. My other high is Harry Styles' new album. I cannot wait for King Harry to tell me what I am feeling because we all know that that's about to, it's just, it's what's good. Although I feel like a lot of it's going to be about his new girlfriend and like how happy they are. And I'm going to want to like rip my heart out and like, you know, whatever, Uh, but like still. I was like, "Mm, that's not it. (laughs) Yeah. I will still go with it for him. Okay. So my low this week. And we all know that I am a born-again virgin. I have not had sex in over six months. Um, The last person I kissed was my friend Chrissy at her birthday in January. And before that, I believe it was the last time I kissed someone was November. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not interested. I like, I, it's not that I'm like asexual or anything. Like, I think we've been through that on this show before. I just have zero interest in being with anyone right now. Like I'm very into myself, like (coughs) into my career, what I'm doing, what I'm working on. I don't want anybody to get in the way of that, but I did get hammered this weekend and I went out with a bunch of my friends. We were supposed to go see my friend Matt at Royale and Mm -hmm. Royale wouldn't let me in because I was wearing sneakers. They were brand new, worn once air maxes and they wouldn't let me in because i was a girl in sneakers i was like i'm gay I, af like hate, let me in i hate the dress code dude i was in a jer- i was in a nice outfit i was in a jersey with glitter disco ball earrings leather pants like the whole nine i was just in air maxes because you know your girl's kind of you know a little not straight vibes sometimes so i was like you know i'm trying to you know whatever fuck it and so we wound up not going there and meeting some of my other friends over at Fenway. We went to Lansdowne, get into Lansdowne, and I'm hammered. Like I did, I will be the first person to tell you that I did not eat enough that day. Um, and my friend's boyfriend was in town and he like kept buying us shots and whatever. And I was like, you know, vibing with my friends and this Irish boy, like rug, Irish rugby, BC rugby, BC, of course, BC rugby, mm-hmm. Irish boy comes up. And like, he's like talking to me, whatever, it's fine. And then he kissed me and I like turned around to say something to my friend. And it's like, I didn't want to kiss this boy. Like he's cool, whatever. But like, you know, fucking a drunk make out, whatever. It's not like there were any feelings or anything. Like it just happens. Yeah. And this dude kissed me and we were talking for like 10 minutes. I turned around to say something to Chrissy and I turn around and he's fucking gone. <laughs> I got Irish goodbye by an Irishman. <laughs> what the hell? I got fucking Irish goodbye by an Irishman. And the best part about it was that like, we were like, we weren't grinding. We weren't dancing. Like, you know, Lansdowne's like a live music situation. Yeah. It's like, not like that. We were all just like kind of hanging out dancing. And this girl comes up to him and like taps him on the shoulder and like says something to him. And I was like, oh, is that your girlfriend? He was like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then like 30 seconds later, he like Irish goodbye me. And I was like, 
you weren't even that cute anyway. Like I was just hammered. So like, whatever. yeah. But like the fact that I got Irish goodbye by an Irishman <laughs> is kind of a low. I'm like, I was supposed to say it's kind of iconic. <laughs> so that is that my high? <laughs> yeah, to say you got Irish goodbye by an actual Irishman, I can I don't know anyone that can Mellon! say that. <laughs> Millie just sprinted in here and ran away. Um, so that's a dog appearance for the week. My hero, this is so lame, but speaking of the dogs, okay, so you have a pet. People who have a pet will get this. Obviously, I lived in New Hampshire. I swear to God, we talk about sports on this show. Just give us a minute. Um, if you are new here. <laughs> um, but obviously, like as a pet owner, you'll do anything to make sure that they're happy, content, you know, whatever. Yeah. Jackson has the best vet in the whole world and he loves his groomer like I've been sending him to the same place since we moved from Alabama to New Hampshire he's about to be five so like four years now he's had the same groomer and the same vet and I was able to fit him into both his groomer and his vet in the same day in New Hampshire so I don't have to drive twice or find somewhere new for here new here for him to go and like he's just so shy and like just such a weird dog that like I'm just so relieved that he has people that he loves and like that take care of him and that love him and I don't mind driving an hour and a half to take him to the vet or to get a haircut so the fact that I could fit him in New Hampshire in the same day is that I feel like that's that's worthy of a hero so yeah so Jackson is getting shaved for the summer on Wednesday and he is getting all of his five-year-old shots because Mans is about to be five. Old. His birthday is May 27th, and I feel like I'm going to fucking cry because he's about to oh, be Oh, he's a Gemini too? You, dude, you know he's a Gemini. He is the most two-faced motherfucker of all time. <laughs> of all time. He loves you, and then he hates you 30 seconds later. Two like our birthdays are like three days apart. That's so cute I know. of us. I know. Yeah, that motherfucker. I literally call him a Gemini ass bitch every chance I get because it's true. <laughs> so we should, we're going to have Sarah's birthday and then we're going to have Jackson's birthday and it's going to be great. So that's my <laughs> Hilo hero. Um, if you listen to our March Madness episode, I just want to give you guys a quick check-in before we get into some baseball stuff because so many people on Twitter want us to talk about baseball it's actually kind of fucking wild um so unfortunately sarah's bracket looked the best in the beginning like i thought that sarah was going to kick our ass we said that sarah was going to kick our ass because that's always the people who don't follow basketball are the people with the best brackets thank god sarah is mathematically eliminated so that i don't have to feel like a fucking jackass um so thank god for that Tyler and I are still in contention. Sarah's final four was Gonzaga, Marquette, Illinois, and Providence. So love you. See you later. But you, dude, I, for a minute there, I was like, holy shit, Sarah's going to fucking beat our ass. Um, Tyler's final four was Duke, Indiana, Tennessee, and Kansas. So he has Duke and Kansas left. Mine was Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, and Kansas. So I have Nova and Kansas left. I win if Duke doesn't win the title and Tyler wins if Duke does win the title. So either way, you people will be saying nice things about me or we will be saying nice things about Tyler. 
So stay tuned for that episode coming after the championship. Just wanted to give you guys an update there because I feel like our March Madness episode got a lot of love for some reason. Like I was looking at the analytics, kind of crazy. The people around here love college basketball, but it seems that they love the MLB more as far as Twitter goes. Sarah, you have tons of MLB notes. Um, What would you like to start with? Yes. Hi. Hello. It is editing me once again. I forgot to add an intro into our interview with Kat, so we are going to jump into that right now. What is up, party people? We are here now with one of my favorite people in the entire world, Kat Ellis. She is a content creator, sports broadcaster, podcast host. She kind of does it all. I actually have a really funny story for you. I feel like whenever I go to bars, your name comes up so much because like you know when you go to the bar and like you search someone on instagram you're like oh my god we have all these mutuals you're always a mutual to pop up i'm like oh my god you know cat and they're like i actually follow her on tiktok (laughs) oh my god what an introduction first of all (laughs) second of all i'm honored because i like don't really go out in boston anymore so the fact that i'm still leaving my mark makes me so happy that i'm like Oh, if I move back there, I'll be able to make friends at the bar easily. That's great. That's so funny. <laughs> I feel like everywhere I go, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I follow her on TikTok, but you did go to BU. So like, of course you left your mark here. Yeah, good. That makes, that makes me feel good. Thank you. Okay. So I love my, I mean, speaking of TikTok, I think that my favorite thing about you is that you have kind of found a way to merge like women and women liking sports into like one unique place on the internet. So I kind of want to talk about, I mean, I know how you got into sports, but our listeners don't. So I kind of want to talk about how you got into this industry and kind of where you wound up now with the space you are across the internet. Mm -hmm. So, wow, it's been quite the journey. I would say I definitely got dragged into sports just because I had an older brother who played a lot of sports and an older sister who did a lot of the girly sports. And then I was like the third child that was the mix of both. (laughs) Yeah. Like my dad was like, I'm his second son. And my mom's like, no, you're my second daughter. So we're going to split you in half and you're going to do it all. So I did all like the girly cheerleading, dance, acting, theater. And then I also did softball and hockey I tried soccer when I was little, wasn't good, was on like the green grasshoppers, scored in my net, and then I was like, I'm done with soccer. So we stayed with hockey. Um, Yeah, I kept doing soccer, hockey and cheerleading were like my main two. And I was the first girl from my high school to ever do cheerleading in the fall and hockey in the winter, which I feel like just sums up my personality to a T. And like my softball team, I would like make my team bows. Like that's just like so me. But I still have that like super tomboy side so mm-hmm. dad played college hockey at Boston College he was a goalie and then my brother played hockey at Harvard he was a captain and a forward and then when I got to college I knew I wanted to do like sports media just because I love sports and I'm like what better job is there really and I got involved with the Boston University men's ice hockey team first that was like my first real like time working with a team. I did sports media internships with like NBC sports and Boston 25 sports. Um, Nesson, Nesson's actually funny. I got hired and then the pandemic happened. So I actually never worked a day at Nesson, but I'm like, I got hired. So like, like, can I go on my resume or no? Cause they they gave it to me. I signed it and then it was just over. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like getting like ghosted on a dating app, I guess, but (laughs) 
Yeah, then my first time working for a team was the BU men's ice hockey team where I was the manager for a year and then I was the team reporter, ringside reporter for two years after that. And then graduated from college, worked at Barstool Sports like this past year and now I'm just freelancing, working independently, kind of trying to figure out what's next. So you said, I didn't realize you were the BU hockey reporter for two years. I'm a big BU hockey fan. What was that whole experience like? I feel like that's so fun. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. So it's funny because it was, I had like two completely different experiences from being the manager mm-hmm. and being the reporter. <laughs> when you're the manager, you are literally a member of the team. Like you are at everything. I was the first one to the practices, the last one to leave every single team meal, team bonding event. Like we, we went to um, an escape room like my first week. <laughs> yep, I got sent in an escape room with a bunch of the boys. We didn't get out, of course. Um, yeah, we went to Ireland for Thanksgiving. I literally, oh my God. I started working for them in October and then Thanksgiving, they're like, oh yeah, you're gonna go across the pond with 40 people you barely know. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Across uh, the pond. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, who, who needs my family for Thanksgiving, right? Like, new fam. It was so, it's so funny because I remember, like, on that trip, I was handing out team meals and, like, they were, the coaches were like, oh, they have everyone's name on it. And I'm like, that doesn't help me because I don't know one of the guys. <laughs> like, they were all strangers. But then we ended up, like, getting super close and I got to go all the practices, all the games, travel with them everywhere, which was, like, such a good way to get to know them. Mm-hmm. And then, becoming the ringside reporter I definitely like got to reel it back and kind of get a life again which was cool (laughs) um because I only really worked home games and then like a couple of special event away games and then like the woman's bean pot so that was definitely way like lower maintenance than managing Mm -hmm. so that was the perfect like shift from my first year at BU to like the last ones when you just kind of want to like have fun and enjoy yourself it was like the perfect role yeah, but it, it was, I oh, I almost, I had some moments where I started to get FOMO and like, I wasn't going on the trips with them and a new manager was, <laughs> like, I kind of wish that was me, but then I was like, no, because now I can like have a Saturday night with the girls, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to call you out on some bullshit for a second because you left out the best part of that entire story. And we have like a younger audience and I think that so many of them are starting to like work in sports and kind of pave their way the same way we did you failed to mention that you found the love of your fucking life doing this so um how's jake i need to know how you guys like how did you go from equipment manager to girlfriend um i just like it's so funny because (laughs) i could not talk about it for so long so now Mm -hmm. that i it's the best thing ever. Like, you know, when people are always like, I have exciting things coming, but I can't tell you about it. Yeah. I'm the opposite where I'm like, you guys, I have tea, but I can't tell you about it until like, appropriate amount of time is fast. Um, yeah, when you're the manager, you're obviously like staying in hotels with the guys and stuff. So like, the, like my first day I got set down, it's like no fraternizing with the players. I'm like, okay, great. Woo! In one year, I'll be up. But I like, you know, they were like my, like literally all my best friends. And the funny thing with Jake is we were both like first, it was both of our first years at BU and he got hurt like 
I think it was like five games into the season. He got hurt hadn't had a season and season ending injury. And we got to know each other like more than anybody else because he was like me where he went to the practices and then just sat and watched them because he couldn't do anything. And then like, we'd, we'd be on the bus going to away games. All the guys would be like warming up for hours before the game. And we would just be sitting in the training room, like eating the granola bars. and the berries. <laughs> like, So like, we actually just became like best friends, which is like, it's so cute to say, like we literally were best friends because we spent the most time together. And then once the season ended, we started dating and I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to quit. Like I can't be the manager anymore. I'm breaking the rules. So I resigned from managing. And then funny you enough, a Camille Costick, bitch. <laughs> you know, it's so funny too, because literally right after we started dating, I met Camille and like did a job with Camille and I was telling her the same thing. So I'd heard the whole story about her and Rob mm-hmm. Ronkowski. And I was like, wow, this is literally us where like, we weren't allowed to date. And then like <laughs> our like soulmates. Cause it, you yes. always want what you can't have. It's true. Mm-hmm. So how did the team find out? <laughs> <laughs> I can like swear on the universe. The only fight Jake and I have ever had. <laughs> I thought the team didn't know. And he told me, that <laughs> you they, idiot, but they didn't. <laughs> well, I was like, I thought we were so good at hiding it. Like if we were all out at a bar, like I would take one Uber home and he would take another. And then he <laughs> met, like, this fake girl, he would like tell his roommate, he was sleeping at this other girl's place. And then he would like come to my room after. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I thought, I actually thought like we did a good job hiding it because I like instilled it in his head. I'm like, you're just as guilty as me. Like if I go down, you're coming <laughs> with me. Like you're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> um, I that guess. is awesome. So it's actually funny because he just can't lie. He's such an honest person and just the sweetest person ever. So like guys would make comments to him and be like, "Oh, like you and Kat are really friendly," and he would be like, "No, we're not." But he could her lie. guts. So like they knew, <laughs> they knew. So it's like he never told them, but they just knew. Mm. So funny enough. <laughs> they have their <laughs> their end of the year rookie party which every team has yeah oh I have attended a few of those oh my god I'm dead oh they don't let girls go to this one. Oh well <laughs> <laughs> girls weren't allowed at ours but your bitch was there <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead um so they had the end of the year rookie party and I guess there's a part of the party where there's like towards like the end of the night where there's just a bunch of shots and it's like the seniors will be like, if you do this, take a shot. If you do this, take a shot. And one of the seniors said, if you have a girlfriend, take a shot. And Jake just like not thinking about it, like took one of the shots. <laughs> and then the, all the boys were looking at him like, what? And then one of the boys said, if you're dating the manager, take a shot. <laughs> and he did. And then everyone was like, whoa. And then that's <laughs> Out. but then they all came up to me that night and were like like two of them were literally like cat like if you were dating anyone else like I'd kick your ass but like Jake's the best guy ever so like I'm here for it <laughs> so, yeah so then it was really fun because then when I became the ringside reporter there wasn't like a rule I was breaking it wasn't a rule anymore so like it just worked but it was <laughs> it was definitely harder to do ringside reporting like with him being the person I was interviewing <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
Yeah. Uh, so I did get lucky. I did find my soulmate in. <laughs> okay. That's so like the I, most wholesome moment that we've had on here. That is the <laughs> most wholesome moment we have ever had. I have one more question. Cause I think, I think she has a question for you too, but I just don't want to get off of this topic really quick. You said that your dad was a goalie at BC and you were doing, not only did you go to BU, but you worked <laughs> hockey at BU. So I need to know what that conversation was kind of like. <laughs> okay. I, I'm like the biggest advocate for people who are like diehards for one team and can never switch over. I'm like, yes, you can. Because my dad was the, the world's biggest BC hockey fan and then had to pivot for my brother to go play Harvard. And then I'm like, oh, dad, like, by the way, I'm going to be you and I'm going to work for BU's team. He has a eagle tattoo on his arm like a huge ass bc eagle tattoo on his arm yet after i worked for the team for a year he showed up to the bc alumni golf tournament with a big old terrier car decal on the back of his car (laughs) so now i'm like anybody can switch the team that they're rooting for for love anybody i literally i don't know (laughs) i'm from the south and i know that like hockey up here is like football to us. Like I, when I try to describe like the hockey East to people at home, I'm like, it's literally like SEC football. So the fact that your dad was just like, so yeah, these are my kids and this is what they're doing is like as someone who has like hashtag daddy issues, like that is like a daydream for me. He, he, he's just the best. And like, literally at the end of the season like we've had the guys on the team over my house so much like my dad literally like we had like a bonfire we had a full <laughs> party for a bunch of the guys my dad was like I have told my old teammates I was having a bunch of terriers over my house like I would get scolded so <laughs> yeah when people are diehards for a team and say they can't switch over I'm like if my dad made the switch anybody can make the switch there was definitely some bickering and it's funny now because like when the bean pot happens we literally don't even know who to root for <laughs> like all so three cute. of us are like rooting for different teams but it is I think it you is. should get an Ellis wise like one of those like half half like jersey things <laughs> and just rock one of those imagine me showing up to the bean pot with an Ellis jersey and some of it's BC some of it's BU and some <laughs> of it's Harvard like I've seen the two-part jerseys I've never seen a three-parter before <laughs> I don't even, I mean, I'm sure we can figure something out. Like people are creative, but like, oh my God, you have and then a I'll family runs deep. Northeast, I'll put a Northeastern hat on just to throw everyone off. Yeah. Just to ask it all out. <laughs> so kind of on like, it doesn't have to be in working for BU. Do you have like a favorite career moment that you've had or even moments, just anything that's like something you remember and look back on fondly? Um, one of the coolest moments for sure was when I was with Boston 25 sports and they sent me to a Patriots game Ooh. and I was on the sideline for warmups, just literally right next to Julian Edelman and Tom Brady. And then come to find out it actually ended up being Tom Brady's last game at Gillette stadium as a Patriot. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And I, obviously I had no idea at the time, but just like 
I, they're the goats. Everyone from New England knows. Like those are like the coolest people mm-hmm. to be around. Gronk wasn't there at the time, but like those three are like my big three in sports. And they were just jogging right past me to go into the locker room. And then I actually had a full media press pass. So I was in the locker room after the game and the way the Patriots press is set up is like after the game, they'll go into a locker room and grab a couple guys. And then they have the full press conference room. That's right across the hall. So I was in the locker room doing the interviews and then they were like, Oh, Belichick's going to the stand. Like you got to run over to the other room. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, okay, so I go over to the other room, but then he's talking and everyone's listening. And I'm like, Oh, I can't go take a seat. So I'm just standing in front of the door none other than Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. opens the door right behind me and I just feel someone like right here (laughs) and I literally turn and I feel like I heard those angels when you die that are like (laughs) and I was like oh my god I'm in Tom Brady's way like I'm fully in Tom Brady's way It was the most horrific, but the greatest moment in my entire life. And I just, like, stepped to the side, so anticlimactic, but it was, that was probably the coolest moment. Of my life. Daddy, like, I'm sorry, daddy. <laughs> that is- I would think about that every day of my life. <laughs> oh, I, I still do. I have goosebumps just about it. Um, yeah. He checked me um, out one time and I like still think about it every single day of my life. So I know I tell myself that Julian winked at me. Like I, mm. I tell myself that it didn't happen, but like it gives me that self-confidence boost. That I- <laughs> Luckily mine's on video so I can just watch it back over and over and over again. <laughs> um, oh my God, that's so funny. That's probably my peak though. Oh yeah, Totally um with highs obviously come some lows I I know I mentioned that we kind of do have a younger audience as far as women go mm-hmm. um and I think that people are quick to kind of not want to talk about the hardest moments for them but I think the hardest moments in my career are the things that I look back at and I learn the most from um I want to know what you think like your biggest struggle that you faced in the industry is and kind of your like biggest piece of advice as far as getting through those harder moments for maybe like a younger girl or a younger you like who would you want that younger you to be and learn from those mistakes or moments that you've made Mm -hmm. that's such a good question I'm so glad you asked that because I feel like it's so especially now with like TikTok Mm -hmm. and all the socials like it's so glamorized being a woman in sports media and sports broadcasting Mm -hmm. so many young girls are like oh my god that's the dream job to be on the football field while the game's going on with all the football players like be that one person that's doing a hit and it's it sounds like the greatest thing ever and I don't I feel like nobody ever was like oh by the way with all these roses come a thousand more thorns no Mm. one ever told me that so I think like when I got my first thorn I was so taken back like oh like it was like my first like bump in the road was almost enough for me to be like I'm done yeah Um, I would say something I've personally struggled with a lot is having bosses who are very old-fashioned and not open to new ideas which is very frustrating to me because I think our generation especially is like light years ahead of people who are like 50, 60 years old who have been in the industry for so long. Like they don't understand the shift that's happening from like Mm -hmm. traditional media into social media. Like I remember I was trying so hard to make a TikTok account for 
the hockey team. And I, <laughs> oh, I was told, we don't know what the future of TikTok is. And I'm like, now you TikTok have- is the future. Literally. And I'm like, now look at the hockey guys. I don't even know what division they are. I think they might've been a club I think they're team. D3. They're either D3 or like a club team. And I'm like, they're getting- Are they Lake Superior? Yes. Yeah. They're Lake they, Superior. They, um, they just got invited to like the Chicago Blackhawks locker room. They're meeting so many celebrities. And I'm like, imagine if we did this with your D1 national <laughs> team. But, you know, what do, what do us kids know? <laughs> but <laughs> definitely, like, I feel, I feel like the longer people have been there, the less open they are to new and fresh ideas, which is frustrating mm-hmm. to me. And especially now, coming out of college, finding like entry-level jobs, like so many jobs require like five to 10 years of experience mm-hmm. in the industry. But it, I'm like, I know, I know more about TikTok than someone 10 years older than me right now. Mm-hmm. Like I know that for a fact. So mm-hmm. that's something hard. I, it's, I don't really know a solution other than like a lot of people that I, I think are handling it well are the people that are just doing stuff on their own and making their own content and kind of just doing what they doing like independently and maybe not making money off of it, what they want to be doing with a company or a network in the future to be making a career off of it. Like, I think Mm -hmm. if there's no, if no one's ever done anything and there's like no blueprint for it to go and make your own blueprint, it's scary and it's hard and they'll probably get rejected a lot. But like, if you come up with something nobody else has done, there's going to be a point where like, that's the Mount Everest of what everybody's trying to do. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that like that kind of falls into my next question. Obviously you said that you're kind of freelancing and learning a little bit now, like what you think you want to do or your next steps. What would like, what do you think your next steps are going to be? Or what would your dream job be? Like, where do you I know in the last year you've learned, like, I mean, just through personal conversations with you, I know you've learned a lot about yourself. You've grown a lot. You've had a lot of highs and lows. So taking where you are now, where do you want to see yourself a year from now? My thing is like, I I really don't see any more with like the experiences I've had. I feel like what kind of exists right now for job positions, like nothing really excites me personally. Um, I just see so many opportunities with like new media and social media collabs that you can do in the sports industry. Like, for example, I think it's super cool that like Josh Richards, huge TikToker has just blown up, become this huge mega like personality and celebrity is like a social face of the NHL now, Mm -hmm. like something like that. I love, I love the idea of in-person interaction, like when especially like Stanley Cup playoffs when they do like parties and stuff and have events and we'll have event hosts. Like I love the idea of that. I would love to just be like more of a social personality as opposed to like a tradition, more traditional role. I think it's just like, it's me better. Cause I have, I have quite the personality here. You know, like, I'm like, mm, I don't, I've, I've now that I've gotten to like express myself fully. I'm like, I think I was putting myself in a box with where I was before that. Like, I want to break down the box and just like create this whole new wave of funny stuff. Thank you. But who knows? Like, that's the thing is there's, there's not a position that I'm like, that's the job I want in a year, which Mm -hmm. I think is exciting. Cause I think we're just in like a breakthrough time of social media 
in sports and like the collaboration between the two. So I think it's cool to think that like I could invent a new role that doesn't exist. And then it's like, boom, every single team needs a girl doing this. And I'm like, heck yeah, ladies, let's go. (laughs) So sticking kind of to the theme of sports and hockey, we do want to ask what, if you have any predictions for the NHL playoffs or Frozen Four, any thoughts, predictions? I have to say, I feel like I've been following college hockey more than the NHL this year. Perfect. Um, oh, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um, okay. A couple of things with the Frozen Four. <laughs> I have a couple of funny takes. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen my- <laughs> I was hot against Michigan early this year. I remember this. I remember this. <laughs> it's for good reasons. It's Jake. because I love an underdog. I really do. And like mm-hmm. when everybody's hyping up one team, I'm like suddenly so uninterested in them. Like I've never watched a full basketball game. I was the Peacock's <laughs> biggest fan <laughs> these last couple of weeks. Like National Peacock Day, I was like, hell yes. Um, <laughs> So I was heavy against Michigan early on. And my take on that was just when I worked for VU, we had, I think we had the most draft picks out of any college hockey team in the U.S., if not like top two, top three. Yeah. Yes. I wrote a story about this. And like our first year did not have a good year. I think they were below 500. And it's just like Mm -hmm. sometimes when you get so much individual, individually talented players, like they don't connect well and I think especially with college hockey how like players are usually drafted going into freshman year everyone's just trying to be like the superstars so that they can sign early and go to the NHL that sometimes like they don't care about making like a tic-tac-toe goal play happen they're just like I'm just gonna go on a breakaway and dangle snipe Sally so (laughs) I didn't think Michigan was gonna have good team charisma they have proved me wrong and I want to congratulate (laughs) them I'm very impressed with how they've done it and good for them, but I still don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to make it to the finals. Who, what are the matchups? What's the semifinal matchups? So I think that if I'm not mistaken, they play Denver. Yeah. So they play DU and then it's Minnesota, Minnesota state. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Western Michigan and Minnesota and, is it right no it's Minnesota State you're right it's Minnesota State yes okay so Minnesota State Minnesota that's the game I go to hands down like that that arena yes Um, yep um Minnesota State was the first college hockey game I ever worked I went to Mankato with BU this is actually the first time Jake and I talked was at this game but (laughs) they were so good like blew me away and I think they've just been consistently good since then I know that for Ohio State this year Minnesota blew them out of the water they didn't get Mm -hmm. to play Minnesota State but Minnesota was the hardest team that Ohio State had to play this whole year like they They have so much talent come out of there consistently they are there I just think they are like the beast like they are like Goliath and always I think Michigan's beatable. So I, if it was a Michigan Minnesota final, I would have Minnesota. I I know, I think Michigan has the upper hand by one in when they've met this season, but I feel like 
Minnesota State is going to beat Minnesota. And I could even, I, I don't know anything about Denver, honestly, so I can't give my take on that. But like a Michigan Minnesota State final, I do think Minnesota State would probably take it. Spicy. I like it. I also just like don't want to be a basic bitch and be like, go blue. Also, I get in Ohio. Plus, I've been an Ohio State fan the whole year. So like, I cannot say Michigan's going to win. Yeah. Like, that's just cursing Ohio State the next yeah. 10 years. That's what I was going to say. I thought that you were saying Michigan because of Jake, but you had a spicy take. I did. Michigan, the Michigan boys were like in my DMs chirping me because I was so anti-Michigan. I didn't like how <laughs> they um, didn't play one of their games mm. this year because they didn't have players because of world juniors I completely disagreed with that yeah but it's in the past clearly it worked out for them because they're going to the frozen four so that's noted that if you're ever playing <laughs> a team that intimidates you a little just don't play <laughs> and all of us are still trying to figure out how we can get into the frozen four I know like anybody out there listening who wants three funds Sportsy <laughs> girls to spice up hot. We don't have plans that day, and we're hot. Help us! Um, I will, get go- I will win if someone gets me into the game. I will bet my life savings. I will win fan of the game that night. Doesn't matter the game. Doesn't matter. The game. I will win tonight. Cat Ellis, certified life of the party. Um, speaking of life of the party, my last question for you, I think that this is our last question for you in general. We ask this to everyone gun to your head. You have to drink one seltzer the rest of your life because we are a seltzer podcast. What is your go-to Celty? Um, I guess a white claw black cherry. Why? I don't know. Is, is that a wrong answer? <laughs> There's no wrong answer. No. I'm just I think like, that's that the is the first time you ever got a straight up, like, okay, white claw, black cherry. Also, just like black cherry in general. I feel like it's a lot of hate. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cat Ellis is really throwing bangers out here today. <laughs> I'm just, I just root for the underdogs. What can I say? <laughs> the underdog that is like the most classic of seltzers to ever seltzer. Okay, so now we have a new proposal at White Claw. Send me to the garden for the frozen four, and I will get you the best promos of your life. I'm going to clip that and actually tag them. Tag them. I'm going to send us to the frozen four. You will regret it. A big one, like the bigger than my head. I think that we could honestly put them down pretty easy. We could drink multiple of those. I mean, I'm a lightweight, but I'll do it for a ticket. Do it for the vine. Do it for the vine. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Kat, you are still one of my favorite people in the whole world. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. This was yeah, one of my favorite interviews you. so far, honestly. So thank you. We love you so much. Come back anytime. Stop gassing me up. Oh my God. <laughs> Girls, manifest it. We're going to get into that game. I promise. <laughs> we are getting into that game. So much for having me. This was so fun. We love you. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Bye. A few moments later. Um, I'll start with, I don't know if you saw this, Home Run Derby X MLB has created. It is like 
I put a note in here. I think whoever made this was like high out of their mind and then just like walked into me and was like, Do me, I, have I made a it fucking idea for you? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't fully understand it. I do understand it. It's the fact that it's played on three different continents <laughs> that I'm like, all right, this seems like unnecessary unnecessary travel but so it's four teams the Red Sox the Yankees the Cubs the Dodgers up against each other in a version of home run derby played in three different venues on three different continents (laughs) Um, each team will have four members a former major league baseball player a softball or women's baseball player a player from the team's local development system and then a social media influencer so right now the Red Sox have Johnny Gomes. They have Paige Halstead, who I guess is a UCLA softball player. I'm sorry, I don't know much about softball. And sorry. Liv Cook, who is a social media influencer, but also a freestyle football soccer world champion as their social okay. media influencer. Uh, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm gonna I, be honest, I don't get it. And I know it's like, the mounds like lifted they're like you have to hit certain targets like there's all this stuff like okay I understand this why can't this be in the all-star game (laughs) yes that was my first point was why can't that just why can't we just add this to all-star weekend first of all if it's gonna be a thing second of all this is so fucking unnecessary I don't understand (laughs) and third of all it's like trust me we talk about if anyone talks about growing the game, it's this motherfucking podcast. We talk about getting anyone and everyone involved in anything all the time. Like we are girls in sports. We are advocates to getting, you know, whoever the fuck involved whenever, anytime. But it's like, I think that this did the opposite of what you thought it would do. Like, I think that they thought that this would get influencers involved and like former players and like whatever involved. This just seems like a pain in the dick to the point where the people who are involved in this aren't even going to want to talk about it because they're going to be doing all this bullshit on three different continents for no <laughs> fucking reason. You could just add it into the all-star game. And my thing is I'm like, okay, I understand their idea of doing it on three different continents is to get the game out to other people, like other places. Like they do with the London series with the Red Sox Yankees. I'm like, do more of those. Like this does not, this is not baseball. They're not seeing the big star players. This is not like a regular game. They're not going to be like, oh, let me go watch baseball. Now that I saw four random people. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of targets. Like, I don't know. I think like a lot of ways to grow the game, especially out of this country. But using a bunch of random people and then not random people, but in that context, they're kind of random. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is and it's play like, this like made up game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if, if you want to talk baseball and soccer, in my opinion, are the two most globally available sports, globally, the most talked about sports, like baseball and soccer are everywhere because they're cheap games to play and can be played anywhere by anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sorry, but who the fuck in these countries knows who these influencers are and local development system people are? They don't give yeah. a shit. They don't give a single fuck. Like they would much rather have these like big names playing in this if it's gonna be anybody. The fact that we don't even know who these people are, you think that other people in other countries are gonna know who these fucking people are? I'm like, I know who Johnny Gomes is because I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm like, I don't follow college softball. I don't 
took i looked up on instagram she has like over a million followers but i'm gonna be honest i don't know personally who she is no people in other countries if that's us there's like yeah i don't know yeah and it's like no offense like nobody knows who the fuck we are either unless you're in mexico but like i'm sorry like i I, like I, I don't know who you are and it's like I know you don't know who I am either but it's like if you want to focus on growing the game outside of the U.S. it's like take players from these countries or continents that you're going to be playing in and fucking highlight those people you weirdos like put Otani on a tour by himself give him a single derby but then also let him pitch put that on every single continent and people will come they'll go and watch Absolutely. I would. I almost sold a freaking kidney to go watch him when he was even remotely close to here. So I don't know. I just, I understand if you're going to listen to this episode later, you're going to listen to our chat with Kat Ellis. And she talks about how to get younger people involved in like the social media aspect and how older people probably don't understand like TikTok and things that are kind of progressing as far as a social media standpoint in sports. And it's like, I think that that's where they were trying to go with this, but I think that they just completely missed and missed hard. I'm glad that they are thinking to try and expand and try out new things. I just don't think Home Run Derby X is it. (laughs) I'm there with you. Uh, pivoting away from that um shout out to whoever came up with that idea you i would love to smoke whatever weed you're smoking please send it my way i'll pay you whatever i swear to god send it i'm like because that is fucking wild so we should do a high friday with whatever that is (laughs) yes yes also tweet us if we should do high friday because we've been thinking about it we just don't know our audience so like let us know do you guys burn (laughs) let us know in the comments yeah. <laughs> Pivoting to Red Sox talk a bit because people do want to hear, I guess, actual baseball talk and not just harping on home run derby acts. Yep. Sam Kennedy recently said that they want to keep Xander Bogarts, Boston Red Sox forever. I see, here's my thing. I do want Xander Bogarts to be a Red Sox forever. Given how the shortstop market is and the fact we now have Trevor Story, we have Marcel Mayer Meyer coming up. I don't want him as my forever shortstop. Mm -hmm. I love him to death. Like he's one of my all-time favorite players. I think he's the like unofficial captain of this team at this point. He's been with the system Mm -hmm. so long. He's homegrown, whatever. And I do want him here for a long time, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it is worth keeping him in that shortstop position and shutting out other people of that role. I think there has to be some sort of mix up somewhere there. And mm-hmm. also, if you're going to pay anyone, make it fucking Raphael Devers. That's what I was that just going to say. That deserves the bag. Yep, I have that written back. Yep. yep, that was what I was going to say. That was, a, I literally have this written down on my show notes in front of me. To like, that was my comment to you is it's like, don't get me wrong. I think that it's a great idea to keep Xander around if you can. We don't really, I mean, not we, I'm not, I'm not a Red Sox fan, but it's like, I don't think that you should make that Mookie decision 2.0 to get rid of anybody if you have to if you can keep them here keep them here but for me is it, it we we talked to Gabrielle about this actually I think because it's like the first person that you should pay if you can is absolutely fucking Raphael Devers also the U.S. Navy is calling me hello um <laughs> bitch, Don't I have asthma you can't take me um <laughs> but 
that's what we talked about with Gabrielle was that like you, if you're going to sign anybody from this team, it needs to be Raphael Devers. And he absolutely deserves any sort of contract that he's going to get from this team. And it's like, I love Xander. I think he's a great piece of this team. He's like you said, kind of like a really vocal piece for the team. And I think that he kind of brings, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I think that he kind of brings an aspect to the team of like this, not macho man. Like he kind of just feels like he's very, straightforward about who he is and kind of doesn't bring this like well it's just baseball and like do it dip and whatever like I think he kind of brings like not that he's feminine because I don't want to say that he's feminine but I like the aspect of like femininity that he sort of brings to this team because he's not so masculine and not so gung-ho about all of those things that I think that that's why he fits into this locker room and has like a voice that he has is because he's he's not that like stereotypical kind of man's man for the Red Sox and I like that he brings that to this team if you can keep him around, I think you absolutely have to because nobody in Boston wants to see him leave. But if you're going to pay someone, it has to be Rafi. Yeah, I think that's top priority. Like, again, would love Xander to be here long-term forever. But if it came down to having to pick, it obviously it hurts to say this, but Devers is the future. He's been it. We've been calling on people to, like, pay this guy because especially seeing what happened with Mookie and seeing how everyone reacted to it, no one's ever going to get over that, to be honest. Ever. If you fumble the bag again with Devers, like, I feel like everyone's like, oh, I'm not going to be a fan anymore. Like, I actually would be like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm I done agree. Here. No, I would too. Like, the thing is, is that we we weren't hosting this show when the Mookie signing happened, but we talk about it all the time. When we talk about baseball, we talk about it. And it's like, I think that that was the biggest slap in the face to Red Sox fans. And it's like, if you let that happen again, you're going to piss so many people off and you are such a franchise where people are invested and they care. And it's not just in the Boston area. It's a global fucking scale of people who care about the motherfucking Red Sox. Yes. Don't fuck this up. No, for real. The Red Sox have such a big, like even international fan base that you do not want those people turning on you. One and two, the fact that the like Red Sox fans fight about everything fucking constantly. If there's one thing everyone agrees on, it is that you want Raphael Devers locked up long-term. And the fact that it's still, like, anytime he's, Devers has been asked about it, he's like, oh, like, I haven't really heard much. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. Well, you know, we talked about this last week with, like, and, I, and I'm not saying that this is on the same scale because I'm not. We talked about the Suzuki thing and how big mm-hmm. of a deal that that was for the Red Sox because it is global. And it's like, look at what happened with Shohei Otani and it's not that Suzuki's on the same level because he's not he never will be never has been whatever but it's like the fact that so many people in the U.S. Japan globally were tweeting about that is such a huge deal that I don't think that I know that the Red Sox know that they have a global footprint but I don't think they realize how large it is to the point where like we saw kind of the aftermath and they didn't wind up signing him imagine what's going to happen if they don't sign Devers like it's not just going to be in Boston it's not just going to be a local freak out it's going to be like a what the fuck are you guys doing Oh, I don't care where the fuck in the world I am at that moment. I will like run out of wherever I am with a fucking with a pitchfork. <laughs> I'm not even a Red Sox fan, and I literally would be standing at the gates of Fenway, <laughs> like the Krusty Krab is unfair. Mr. Krabs is in the air, plotting his oppression. <laughs> That's literally what would happen. <laughs> no, yeah. When I saw Sam Kenny said that, I'm like, okay, great. 
now talk about Raphael Devers. I don't know, mm-hmm. that comment, I'm like, I do like to hear that, but that is not specifically what I want to hear. <laughs> so we'll see. On the topic of shortstops is Trevor Story made his spring training debut, obviously at second base. Um, I think he started off the walk. He had a hit. Looked good. I don't You can't fucking watch the spring training games unless you have MLB, I think. so. Which I don't, but thank God my roommate does. I'm like, I haven't seen a second of them, to be honest. But, which in the past, I used to like watch them all the time. Where now I'm just like going on Twitter. I see it in the highlights. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just spring training. You're but, welcome, yeah, baseball his, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> he made a spring training debut. Uh, he went after, and he's like, we have a sick lineup. We have a deep lineup. I'm like, hell yeah, Trevor. I'm like, yeah. I'm buying into everything you're saying right now. I know you're just saying this because you just got a fat bat from this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm excited. I'm super excited to have him in the lineup. And he I makes think a me lot excited, of people, too. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, the Red Sox are like the fourth plays team blah 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 I'm like have you looked at their lineup yeah no they're not they're like, not that lineup alone like pitching yeah poses more of a question mark but if you're looking uh, just yeah. strictly offensively which we've seen in the past few years they have all the numbers all the time they're always at the top of the league offensively yeah I was just gonna say it's really inconvenient that the Jays <laughs> are their competition it's really inconvenient that that's the way it is because they're in my opinion the best team in baseball right now we talked about this last week I think for both of us are the best team in mm-hmm. baseball prematurely if they if they collapse I think the Red Sox better fucking do something because if they don't oh my god and and you know what we've seen like this idea of like a super team collapse before just with the lack of chemistry the lack of getting the bats hot yeah not so much in baseball but with like other super teams like in sports that I yeah. feel like it, the Red Sox, if they weren't in the same division as the Blue Jays, it'd be theirs to run away with. That's the thing. The AL East is so difficult. Whereas if the Red Sox were in any other division except maybe like the NL West, I'd be yep. like, they would be at the top. Also, I guess the AL West with the Astros. Also, I, I love really you, Blake Webb. We don't have this in our show notes, but I love you. Thank you for coming back. You're my king. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, other than that, pretty much any other division, I'd be like, yeah, the Red Sox are the front runners here. But because they have, like, the Blue Jays, the Rays, I don't know what the Yankees are going to look like. I think we talked about that. I'm not scared of them. They don't, really yeah, not. they don't really, they haven't scared me for a while. So I'm like, whatever about them. I'm like, still, it's a difficult division. So, sure. which kind of leads to my next thing. Uh, the Sox starting rotation right now with Sale out. Paxton is not coming until I think it's probably like June. Avaldi, Pavetta, Tanner Houck, Wacha, and then Rich Hill in the fifth spot. I don't mind it. I, I, I don't either don't mind it. Like, no. obviously I'm in love with Nathan Valdi, So I've always mm-hmm. wanted him to be the number one spot. And I know people like Chris Sale technically is supposed to be, but I'm like, no, Nathan Valdi's earned that. He is the ace of this rotation. Yeah. I love and, Nick and, Pavetta. Yeah. I was just going to say, and Pavetta and Hawk are nothing to hang your hat on. Like they are good, no. solid, consistent pitchers in this league. I'm like, Hawk now has, like, okay, he has a lot more MLB experience under his belt. I know by the time he usually gets to, like, the third go-around, that's when things kind of start to look a little shaky. But I'm like, you know what? That can be fixed. He has all more experience than he did last year, and he looked fine last year. He's just going to get better. So I'm okay with that. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Like, 
I, I'm, I, I know that pitching is kind of what all of these experts are talking about right now, but truly looking at this rotation, there are so many teams, especially in the AL East, who are in far worse pitching positions. The Yankees still, to, they have Garrett Cole. And Garrett yeah. Cole, look how he performed under pressure for the Yankees. Yep, or with Kermit the Frog next to him. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the same people that AL East hating on this rotation. Like, all got beats. Like, the Red Sox were two wins away from going to the World Series, and they're up against the Astros, who are not even in this division. I don't know what the fuck you guys are on that you're, like, hating on. You all lost to them. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, girl. Right there with you. Rotation is almost worse, because I had people like Garrett Richards and Martin Perez. <laughs> like, Ugh. Dude, I remember, <laughs> do you remember when we were, what game was it that we were sitting on the monster? Not to be like one of those bitches that were like, which game was it that we were on the monster? <laughs> but like, we're lucky, very fortunate. We know that we're blessed that we know people in this industry to kind of hook us up with tickets, whatever. But it's like, we were sitting there and we were like, uh, he's coming into the game. Fuck. Oh yeah. He came out of the bullpen. That's what Yeah. We were sitting there and we were like, no. And I think he did. He just let him like run after. Run. We were both sitting there and we we're like, mm, fuck. I think he's with the Rangers now. Um, maybe on like a minor league deal. There's no way that guy started. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Anyways, shifting from that to the Dodgers. This was per request to talk about the Dodgers. I know neither of us are big Dodgers fans, so it does I fucking hurt hate the Dodgers. I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> like, this does hurt me to say, but ah. their lineup, their projected lineup now, the only new face is Freddie Freeman. So my question kind of just is like, how Fuck much of an impact? How much of an impact do we think Freddie Freeman's going to have in this lineup? If, right now, he's slotted into uh, bat third between, I think it's Trey Turner and Justin Turner. I mean, I think everyone kind of knows how I feel considering I was trying so hard to get Freddie Freeman to Boston. I think that's an instant upgrade. Instantly makes them even better than they were before and they already were fucking unreal. It's unfair, so. Dude, it pisses me off because, oh, Mildred, if you don't know this about me, I grew up a Braves fan being from Jacksonville, Florida. That was like the closest team to us distance-wise and my dad's super Southern. Like, if you know me at all, you know that I'm Southern as shit. So I grew up a Braves fan, but then I wound up interning for um, the Giants affiliate in San Francisco, which is how I became a Giants fan and how I kind of fell in love with baseball even more, which is why I'm a Giants fan. So like, I I feel very attached to Freddie Freeman because like, I watched Freddie Freeman as like a child growing up. And it's like, to see him go from a team that I loved so much to my least favorite team in the entire league and the fact that they're getting so much better and I have to play that motherfucker as a fan so many times in a season and it's like I I I think that even if you don't like baseball or you don't like sports teams that you hate in MLB Yankees Dodgers Astros boom they're done so it's like the fact that not only I fucking hate the Dodgers more than anything I hate the city of LA more than anything and now as a Giants fan I have to watch Freddie Freeman play for a team that I fucking hate and that is so good just like truly like just pull the knife out of my back Yep, that sounds about right as to what I thought you were going to say. And that's how I feel. Like, so you're welcome, Twitter. Dodgers fans, you're fucking lucky. You guys are so fucking lucky. And if you don't win the World Series, that's a failure of a year. But they're not. I guarantee you that 
60% of Dodgers fans don't even live or never have lived in the fucking city of Los Angeles. You posers. <laughs> it's not Yankee. No. I don't want to say it's like the people are fans of like the Cowboys, but then also the or like the Lakers. The like, well, I just the like, grew up watching Kobe. I like love Kobe Bryant, so I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> Shut up! So, Shut the fuck up! <laughs> one more thing on the Dodgers, kind of also tied in because I know we're both Brewers fans or big Christian Yelich fans, so this ties in. Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich both had terrible, terrible years last year. Christian mm-hmm. Yelich had a pretty down year 2022, but mm-hmm. also I'm like, all right, he's coming back from injury. I'm not reading too much into it, yeah. but no. Him and Yelich both were just horrible last year. And it's weird when you look back and see, like, the 2019 MVP race where those two were just going on it yeah. the entire time, mm-hmm. like, right up. It could have been either of them. It did end up being Belger, which I thought it should have been Yelich, but regardless, do we think it was just a down year, or do you think those couple years they were just so good, and now they've come to come back down to earth? Those were definitely down years, but like, do we think that's more around their regular playing? Okay, so for Bellinger, yes, I feel like his peak is definitely over. As far mm-hmm. as Christian Yelich goes, like, as being someone who has watched him very intimately from the beginning of his career, considering he played the beginning of his career in Jacksonville, um, I don't for me, it was just the second half of his year that was down for him last year. Like the beginning of his season, I thought that was fine. You know, he was on pace, whatever, like he was playing a good beginning of his year, but the second half of his season last year is kind of where I am like in question, I guess. So I don't think that like, is, let me be clear. I think that Christian Yelich has peaked, but I don't think that from his peak, it's going to be that far of a downfall after I think that he's going to like kind of slowly decline I don't think that he's going to go from this high to this low so quickly but I feel like what we're seeing from Cody is kind of just going to be consistent across the board see I think okay I agree with you on Yelich like I think he did hit his peak in that 2018-2019 like slot there and those numbers that he's putting up like those are impossible to replicate I don't totally hold that like no one can hold themselves to those standards And then he had that season ending injury in 2019. And I think that definitely threw him off course a lot there. Mm -hmm. And then just 2020, it was the weird shortened season, probably not the best season to be going back and trying to rehab from an injury from. Yep. And then, yeah, just last year he signed that big contract and it was just like, yep. But I think the difference with Yelich and Bellinger, just from like what I've seen, is Yelich, you could tell it was more just a mental thing. Like, yep. he was missing, like, pitches that normally mm-hmm. he would, like, nail out of the park. And he like, said easy. that. Yeah. And I think it was just got to, like, kind of mental frustration for him. And I think now that he's had that time to, like, okay, like, reboot, he seems to be, like, in a better place. And also, we always see it happen with after someone signs a big contract, they just kind of, like, mm-hmm. flatline. Because you mm-hmm. have all that pressure on you. And he's, like, the first one of the first people that the Brewers have ever like really committed to like that. Totally. So a lot of pressure and like such a long, like that's a lot for one person. Whereas Bellinger, when I was watching him play, I feel like his swing in general just kind of needs like an overhaul of some yeah. sort. Like something technical is not mm-hmm. working there. He did seem to come more to life, I think in the playoffs and started to figure things out a little bit more, but it's just kind of a little too late at that point. He has also, the confidence. Yeah. I think it's something technically more with him than Mm -hmm. like mental. Like I'm sure there was a mental aspect to it too, because 
I think Dodgers fans are a lot harsher than a lot of other oh fan bases yeah. are. So you would see people ripping on them all the time. But so it's the Dodgers I, fans who don't live in LA. <laughs> and so I understand that, but I think he just kind of needs an overhaul, like some sort, technically. Whereas Yelich, I think, just needed a reset. Yep. I don't hate that take at all. Um, any other MLB things before we get into some football talk? Nope. I don't have a ton of arguments as far as football goes. Just a couple of comments. And then one thing I would like to get your opinion or two things I'd like to get your opinion about. First mm-hmm. off, I want to talk about the news of the day slash. I'm sure when you are hearing this is Bruce Arians is out as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I first of all have to say that this is my proudest moment of this entire fucking <laughs> podcast because I sent Sarah our show notes on Tuesday and she added this to our NFL section. I actually shed a tear when this happened because I was like, oh my God, Sarah wants to talk about the NFL. I was like, this is like everything I've been hoping and praying for for my entire life. <laughs> and it's not that Sarah doesn't want to talk about the NFL, but it's like the fact that she was like, Bruce Arians is out. I was like, holy fucking shit, Sarah is my soulmate. Um, <laughs> so I do think, so the thing for me is that like, it's not that he's retiring. He's actually heading to the front office. And like, that's kind of been like the thing of it, but I definitely think it is because of the Brady beef. And it's like, whenever you have the best player to ever touch the field, you're obviously going to kind of prioritize them and their wants and needs and who they want. And I just, for me, I'm kind of scratching my head about like Byron Leftwich at this point. And I do think that this is obviously because of Brady and I made lots of memes about it, but I'm just also confused. Like if there's beef between Arians and Brady, but you're keeping him around, that's kind of, I think that it's just like, you're kind of doing that as a concert, as a courtesy to Bruce Arians, but it's like mm-hmm. Brady obviously just wasn't aboard. So I don't know how to feel. I like saw like the like quotes and whatnot from the press conference and I know they like asked him about like Brady he's like I have the support of everyone on the team Mm -hmm. and Brady was at the press conference like in the front row whatever I'm not reading that much into it I feel like that's kind of just like a formality thing because it is so much talk like oh it's because Brady doesn't like Mm -hmm. it like all this stuff like he's the one running the show and then also by the sounds of it it's like whatever position he has in the front office it's just like have a no name like he has the title but doesn't tell he's doing anything (laughs) yeah I don't know I'm curious to see how this plays out I do feel bad for for Bruce just because like that sucks the fact that like I don't know like that sucks in my opinion and the fact that they're in such a crappy division I don't know like it just like kind of all stacks up for me that I think it's just weird um I feel bad for him I think that if he wants to be a head coach he could absolutely be a head coach in this league obviously yeah so like I think the fact that he like loves Tampa so much and kind of is like solidified there and wants to stay in the front office speaks volumes about him as a person. So good for him for taking the high road, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, my only other thing that I kind of want an opinion about before I get into some things that I was just excited about this week, the overtime rule for the NFL has changed. Both teams now get the ball. So we won't have another Josh Allen situation in the playoffs. How do you feel about the fact that both offenses now get a chance to score with these new overtime rules? I like it. I think it makes sense. I think it should have been put into place a while ago. It's kind of crazy to look at even the original overtime, like how it was played this long. Me too, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah, I agree with you because it's like I feel like so often – 
in today's NFL, I feel like there's no real way to, I mean, actually, the Rams did a really good job of paying and having equal talent on both sides of the ball this last year. It didn't come Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the season, but with their signings during the season, I think that they kind of evened out their team a little bit enough to win a Super Bowl. But it's like, you, if you look at what happened with Josh Allen and the Bills and how they lost their playoff game earlier this year, like a lot of their talent is on the offensive side of the football. Like that's where the team invests their money. Both teams should absolutely get a chance to score to win. Um, and, and I'm really happy with this. I think this is going to be great for the NFL. Yes. I think it's going to be great for the fans. I think this is going to be great for game consumption and it's going to be the most fair way to do things moving forward. So I too am happy about this change. I think it's a fair and right thing to do. Um, couple more comments trevor lawrence and marissa lawrence got another puppy i saw um, that i did see that i literally so <laughs> cry i like actually i'm gonna cry like i don't okay this is mean as fuck and marissa lawrence i love you more than i love myself i think that you are a fucking icon i don't think their dogs are cute <laughs> i don't i'm gonna say it i'm not into the doodle thing Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. There's a specific type of person that likes it. No disrespect to those people because I'm friends with a lot of them. But yeah, I get that. Doodles aren't cute. I get that they're hypoallergenic, which is fucking lit, but they're just not cute. I think they're cute, but they have like a cult following. (laughs) I just like, I'm not on the doodle vibe. I'm like, these dogs are fucking ugly. (laughs) sorry I'm sorry I love the idea that they're hypoallergenic as someone in the allergy community who is very loud about being in the allergy community if I had to have a hypoallergenic dog you best believe I would I just (laughs) they're not that cute man I don't know um the Jags also signed defensive and Arden Key um I think this is a great signing for the Jaguars. I think that they needed to absolutely add some pass rush to their game. Do I personally think that this changes the draft from being Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson at that defensive end of position at number one? No, but the fact that they are the Jaguars and I think that they could sign Evan Neal at that spot because of this signing, I think that would be a huge fuck up, but could I see them doing it? Absolutely. It causes me a little bit of concern, but do I think that they should just because of this signing? No. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you saw Mac Jones' girlfriend's TikTok this week about the cookies. I did. I'm going to say something nice about Mac Jones. I love your girlfriend. She's so cute. That was so cute. As a gamer, I wish that someone would bring me cookies while I'm gaming sometime. <laughs> I have to say, I've talked a lot of shit about Mac Jones. And I know that I've talked a lot of shit about Mac Jones. Um, And I still stand by what I have had to say this entire time, but I will say that he is growing on me. Like I do enjoy Mac Jones. I think he's a sweet kid. I think he's a nice kid. So I think that he has hit his ceiling. Yes. Um, And I've been very transparent about that this entire time. I think that the Mac Jones room to get better is very low, but I think that he plays a good role in the NFL and a good role for the Patriots. Um, but I love his girlfriend. I love this TikTok. I thought it was really cute. Mac Jones is definitely growing on me a little bit, despite, you know, some of the legal trouble and racial trouble that he has found himself in prior. He is growing on me a little bit. If you are a POC, I would love to hear your opinions about this. Please tweet me, please DM me, like anything that you have to say. I'm very open to those things. Um, I would love to have some civil discourse. 
Two more comments on the NFL before we get into lacrosse stuff. Speaking of trouble, the Browns obviously signed Deshaun Watson to a huge deal two weeks ago. We talked about this on the show already, how we feel about Deshaun Watson, all that stuff. Fuck Deshaun Watson. You know what you did. Um, (laughs) But the fact that the Browns might not only be having Deshaun Watson as their new it guy, the fact that they could be stuck with Baker Mayfield's fucking unreal contract is just the icing on the cake to me, the ultimate fuck you. I love it. Karma, baby. <laughs> I feel bad for Baker Mayfield. I mm-hmm. wish that someone wanted him. I, As girls, as people, we know what it's like to not be wanted. I can't imagine on that scale. But like, it, I'm sorry that I'm sacrificing Baker Mayfield and his feelings. But like the fact, like the fucking fans could get stuck with this is just so funny to me. <laughs> That's what they fucking get. Sign a fucking rapist here. We, okay, I want to talk about this for two seconds. I know that we're running low on time because you have to go to work and we have a bunch of stuff to get to, to get through. The amount of hate we have been getting on TikTok because of like my comment is fucking unreal. I love the hate. I love the smoke. I love the beef. Fuck all of you. Go leave a positive comment on our Baker or our Deshaun Watson TikTok because people out here be fucking wildin' not understanding what it's like <laughs> to be a woman. But anyways, my last comment about the NFL this week. <coughs> Colin Kaepernick is the honorary captain for the Michigan football spring game. Go Hell off, yeah. Colin Kaepernick. You deserve a shot in this league before Deshaun Watson is. Mic drop. Sarah, what's up with lacrosse? Okay, so the big story this week is the NLL playoffs structure came out it overlaps directly with the PLL season. It's not like it overlaps with like training camp. No, it overlaps with training camp, overlaps with the first three weeks of the regular season. <laughs> okay, the I, didn't, way- I didn't know this. This is news to me. Holy yeah, yeah. So, shit. NLL playoff schedule is set for seven weeks, but you know, they play in like those arenas that like, primarily NHL and NBA take precedence in so they get first dibs on those things so the way it's spread out it's literally like they'll play a game like it's the first couple game or I think the first round of playoffs is just single game elimination so that's fine it's once you move past that it's three game series and Mm -hmm. it's split up on like one can be on a Saturday then a Sunday and then you go the entire week play the third game on like a Friday so like, what do they do what do you mean oh was like the guys who play the NLL and PL do yeah that's what I'm saying is like we we talk <coughs> all the time about people who play in the NLL and the crossover that they have with the PLL like what the fuck is gonna happen there I mean at that point it just comes down to their decision but I don't know why anyone would choose to play those first three weeks of PLL because with the PLL, the way their playoff structure is, like, even if you do prefer to play field, like, there's a chance that, like, you're, unless you're on the one team that's not going to make it into the playoffs, you're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But think of guys like TD Erlin, like, yeah. a face-off guy, where yeah. face-offs are so much more important in field than they are in box. Mm-hmm. If he's, because he's on Toronto, like, there's very likely chance they're going to be in the playoffs. He's probably going to miss some time. The Redwoods are, like, fucked, and you have, like, guys like Westberg, Mac O'Keefe, Eli Gober, like, Trey LeClaire, all on the seals. Bandits yeah. is entirely the And the entire offense. fucking team. I was going to say, the only person the, the fucking offense. Redwoods have left worth of shit is fucking Sergio Perkovic. 
I'm like, the Chaos lose their entire offense. And also think about the fact how likely a Buffalo-San Diego matchup is. Those are the two, likely. like, I would say probably most PLL-heavy yeah. teams on terms of, like, mm-hmm. big-name guys. And you're just missing out on those guys. And, again, yeah. they're not going to be like, oh, well, I want to go play the PLL because NLL playoffs are a lot more difficult to get into because they have more teams. Mm-hmm. And you want to go and get the cup, whereas PLL – yeah, they can come in, but then that costs the PLL of the league. Like, okay, here's all our big players. They're not here for the first three weeks. <laughs> Which is a lot because their season's only 14 weeks. Yes, hi, hello. It is editing me yet again. Um, we had some technical difficulties. My internet went out in the middle of us recording yesterday. So we were in the middle of the cross stuff and then got into talking about how someone broke into my house this morning. So enjoy that before we get back to lacrosse talk. Okay, hopefully you guys don't hear from me again. Okay, bye. So what mm-hmm. happened? Okay, so this is fucking nuts. So this morning, like, you know how, like, sometimes I'll, like, wake up and there's, like, maintenance men in my fucking living room? Yeah. Okay, so I thought that, like, that was what was happening again. So I, like, went out there and there's, like, a guy in my living room. He's, like, how- he's, like housekeeping. And I'm like, we don't have a housekeeper. Get out of my apartment. Yeah. And he's like, no, housekeeping, housekeeping, like trying to force his way into the apartment. I'm like, listen, get the fuck out of my apartment. So I call or I texted our neighbors because we're obviously like in this like huge issue. Okay, whatever, fine. The dogs can stay. Like we're in this like huge fight with our landlord about like that clause in our lease because he's raising our rent 80%. And yeah. I was like, I can't believe that this just happened to me. And she was like, oh my God, like I have like security footage of her from her house, like screaming at this guy who broke into her house. She's home alone and naked in her living room. And this guy is like just coming into her apartment, like further and further into her apartment. And she's like screaming on the ring camera. And um he like leaves and she's like, Oh my God, the same thing just happened to me. Like, I don't know what to do. And so she, I emailed our landlord and I was like, Hey, like this has been happening the last few months. Like you need to give us notice if people are coming into the apartment, this like girls live here, this isn't okay. And she, I guess like emailed him as well. And he was like, I didn't have anybody coming today and neither did the maintenance crew. He was like, I suggest you call the cops. So we call the cops and they're here for two hours because I guess every apartment in Massachusetts has like a lockbox on the front that has like either a key or all the codes to get into the apartments. Ours Uh is broken and the key and the codes are missing. And so like, I guess like the cops are trying to figure out like which of the mate, because our maintenance men are illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. and like they didn't want to rat their guy out if it was the case because the guy on the like ring camera screaming is like very clearly hispanic and like he had the code to get into the apartments like the locks aren't broken like he very clearly had the codes to get in and our landlord he, like they're saying they don't know anybody our landlord saying he didn't send anybody but i guess what happened was the apartment above us in this building is do you know what split space is i didn't know what split space was either but i guess it's like an app where you can like short-term rent apartments and someone's Mm -hmm. in there today. And I guess through split space, like they send people to clean the apartments and he's just been giving our codes out willy nilly to fucking people. And like that, they, they broke into our apartments this morning, like not knowing where they were going or what apartment they should be in. No knock, nothing, just going into people's apartments. And he just had the balls to email me back and be like, nobody's been in your apartments. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Like you haven't submitted any maintenance requests. I'm like, you were just on the phone with the cops and decided to send that email after we figured this out is if I wasn't standing there listening to you on the phone with the police and your maintenance man admitting to this this is the landlord yes 
he I literally was listening to him on the phone when they figured that out with the cops and the fucking maintenance man and you're gonna send me an email lying about it as if we're not in a legal battle you fucking dumbass I have a police report holy shit I know well I was talking to the cops and they were like oh you like they saw that I was wearing like a Jacksonville like JFRD hoodie like I'm not an idiot yeah. and they were like oh like are you from Jacksonville whatever and I was like yeah and they were like, I'm surprised you didn't like fuck this guy up. And I was like, that's the same thing my mom said. My mom was like, if you were in a state with stand your ground laws, that guy would be dead and it would be on your landlord. Yeah. She's like, you like, that's a liability that can't happen. Oh my so God. if I hurt that man, it would have been our landlord's fault. And I almost hurt that man. I'm surprised my neighbor did it because he was like pushing into the back of her apartment. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Everyone on Twitter is like, so what's the story? So Tyler, if you want to throw this in, welcome back. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like if I guess like we could just start it with what happened. So I guess or maybe at, I don't know. We were talking about lacrosse. Yeah. Welcome back to Saturdays and Seltzers. Today it's I guess maybe Celsius and Seltzers and black coffee and Seltzers, Saturdays, whatever. I don't know. I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so out of it right now. I know. So um welcome back. Yesterday we had some technical difficulties and had a bunch of stuff to get through. So we're just gonna run through it really quick while we have our coffee this morning. I've already dealt with the police. Happy April Fools. Happy birthday, Tyler. Did not know it was Tyler's birthday. Happy birthday, Tyler. <laughs> we, I didn't know he was lactose intolerant. I feel like we need to like send him something. We do need to send him something. <laughs> I know. I'm going to like search through our old text messages and get his address and we'll send him vegan cupcakes. Um, but okay. Yeah. We were talking about the PLL NLL crossover and how that's kind of like a problem because there's only 14 weeks in the PLL season. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we can just like hop back in right there. Um, I'm looking for it now, but like that just, I just, I don't understand. Like we were talking about with the bandits, like what are they going to do? I really don't know. Cause I'm wondering how that works. Cause obviously they have guys that are like, like, are you going to be able to sign guys from the player pool and then just like release them? Like, is there a mm-hmm. limit on that? I honestly don't know. I'm sure there yeah. is like plenty of restrictions or like guys, like the practice squad or whatnot, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. And also that's just like I feel like you need that training camp period to like bond with your team and like get to like, that's the best chance those guys have to getting to know their teammates. Cause it's not like they're with each other during the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. travel and see each other on the weekends, like practice day of. I didn't even think about that. The fact that like, that's like such a time where, I mean, and that's such a crucial time for any sport, any team, like those yeah. first few weeks that you have together, like luckily, like the whip snakes and teams like that don't have to worry about it because they're all the same guys. They've been playing together forever. Yeah. We were talking the other day about how the whip snakes have signed up pretty much most of their team through 2024. So like, I don't worry about teams like that. I worry about teams who have new talent, young talent, rookies, like those sorts of things, getting these kids acclimated. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of like the cannons who just like they were the newest team last year and then they brought in a bunch of new guys like they've been so active during this like off season like none of those guys have met each other unless they like mm-hmm. played with each other in college or something for the most part so yeah if those like some of them are playing the nll they're just going to show up like if they make it to say the finals like they're going to show up week three yeah and then also crazy. like the swarm like that's like lyle thompson's the star cannons player mm-hmm. they have shane jackson like imagine guys like that being out <laughs> Yeah, it's just, and also, like, 
I don't want to deal. And I know that like lacrosse is like a growing sport, but my thing is, is that I don't want to deal with some of these teams fans who like have probably these guys who are in the NLL being like, Oh, it's a Mickey mouse year. Like it doesn't count. We missed like the first three weeks. Like, no, I don't want to deal with that shit. Fuck that shit. I know it. Lacrosse fans. I don't want to say they're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brad. I feel like there's like so many different sectors of like, because you know, lacrosse Twitter is so small, but there's like the diehard NLL like Canadian guys that like are like, fuck the field league, like all this stuff. And there's just like the whole like PLL, like you have like 16 year old like douchebag who yeah. like would say like, fuck your Mickey Mouse like championship I just don't want to deal with that like I don't want to tee I want a good season I want a full season I want everyone to play with their players and I want the right team to win I just don't want to deal with the like oh well if you know so and so was here for the first few weeks like it'd be different or like we were one game off because of the NLL and I really don't want the NLL to catch any flack because like this isn't their fault either I know it just like sucks the way like with their arenas and stuff it really feels like they're trying so specifically like there's only so much you can do unless you want to like play your championship in like high school gyms or something yeah it's true scary I don't know weird sucks on the same topic of the NLL though the bandits are the first team to clinch a playoff spot that's just shock to no one they clinched the home field advantage is that an April Fool's joke (laughs) clinched home playoff last night they had a game against the wings that they obviously won Um, as they they, should yeah they defeated the thunderbirds last weekend saturday then sunday in halifax and in buffalo Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh the seals could have clinched last weekend too but they lost to the warriors who they've now lost to twice which whatever obviously they're gonna make it they dominated the west yeah that just kind of sucks to kind of do it sooner but yeah um, um we did watch panther i see you have panther city notes yeah we both watched panther city at different bars in yes. boston this weekend so shout out to boston for supporting panther city i'm not saying Hell it's yeah. because of us but it's not not because of us and it's not a coincidence <laughs> that we were at two different bars and that game was on and i was I'm just saying hyped when i saw that on so fucking hype but yeah they extended their win streak to five games now they're in fourth place in the west I think they're right on the heels now of the Warriors I want to see them in the playoffs so fucking bad (laughs) yeah well so okay we obviously the playoffs are like right around the corner in a way we I saw that you I haven't had a chance to read your article for this week yet but I know that you said you talked a lot about goalies do you think that like that's going to be the difference maker through the stretch of the season I think because so there's definitely some guys I did get into it in my article like some guys I feel like start out kind of slow or have been up and down and now they're like finding their footing right now which I feel like is the best possible time like mm-hmm. the riptide they have like Orlman who's a rookie and you never see rookies get that kind of like playing time that he has but he really has earned the starting role and it looks like he's a lot more comfortable there now and obviously it's the backing of his team and whatnot and like Panther City I feel like they kind of have the same thing like these guys are all just like we talk so much about like offenses clicking and figuring it out. I feel like a lot of goaltenders now are starting to yeah. figure it out, which is going to be huge. Yeah, for sure. And what else? Oh, Riptide. 
beat Albany 15 to six for their first back-to-back wins of the season. Fuck yeah, baby. Go Rips. Go Rips. <laughs> I think they're playing twice this weekend. Well, I'm staying in, so I'll probably be watching it. <laughs> I'm like, I know because we do like a cross flash, like pick them. And I, whenever I see the Riptide, it does not matter who they're playing. I just pick them and hope nice. that it will. <laughs> and I think I put them down twice and someone was like, it's not going to happen. Okay. You. Well, you just don't get it. <laughs> Then the last bit big of like NLL news, Kyle Jackson was released by the Thunderbirds, which is a very surprising move by a lot of, to a lot of lacrosse fans. He was released by Halifax. That definitely upset a lot of people. Dawson Seed is activated. Kyle Jackson went to the wings. Did they say why? I think it was just he didn't really fit into their offense, like, because they do have like so many big like offensive guys. And I think he was kind of just getting lost in the mix and mm-hmm. there's more opportunity for him in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But it also just kind of sucks. I feel like to probably go from Halifax where you're like, oh yeah, we're just going to be in the playoffs. Like we're going to make a decent run at it. Where are the wings? What if Blaze Reardon stops playing goalie in the PLL? Imagine the best goalie in the league. Just as like, <laughs> I just want to, I just want to like rip stick on the field with the boys. <laughs> Just want to rip some twine. <laughs> <laughs> but like for real though, like it's like when we okay, so I don't know if we talked about this when we got back from Philly. I remember seeing Blaze Reardon and finding out that he was not an NLL goalie, and I almost shit myself. <laughs> I was shooketh to the core. You were shooketh. I was like, hello. He's like, because I literally was like, he's like the best goalie in the league. Like he was literally MVP. Like. And you're not, hello? So weird. Okay. I remember when I found that out too. I forget what it was. I honestly don't think I even figured it out until like I was doing preseason stuff for lacrosse flash for like NLL. And I was looking at the rosters. I was just going through the depth charts and like looking at the names. And I know Philadelphia has a lot of PLL guys on it. So I want to see like where they all were. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> who the hell is this Higgins guy in the net <laughs> yeah literally because I was like oh yeah like I get to go see Blaze Reardon too like play goalie sick and then I get there and he's like running around and I'm like whose man's is this he's like set in picks <laughs> yeah I'm like who like who are you dual threat seriously dual threat athlete yeah I don't know I'm interested to see how the wings like where they end up I feel like if they do make the playoffs they're going to be out pretty quickly I'm not going to lie but who knows like yeah that's my okay so obviously I feel like most people want to play in the playoffs but it's like do you think that there will be anyone who decides to like leave I don't know because I thought about that too I'm like what about the guys who like like I don't want to like call them out by names but there's certain guys I feel like that play so much better in the PLL mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty like clear that they probably enjoy that more like they just enjoy playing field more than box which whatever everyone has their preferences but I'm like would a guy like that be like fuck this like I want to go play where like I'm like this all-star <laughs> well I was more so thinking like the game check difference is probably really different between the PLL and the NLL I never thought about that. I don't know how much of a difference it is. I feel like there, it has to be because I feel like the PLL just has so much more money. So like, no offense to the NLL, like love you guys, like 
for forever, but like, I just, I feel like the game check difference, like th- there's probably not a playoff game check difference between like regular season, I'm assuming for box lacrosse, but I would assume that these guys probably make more money from the PLO. Yeah, I really don't know because I've like tried looking into, it's so hard to find information on like how much like they get paid on like, is it like per game? Is mm-hmm. it per month? Like, and then obviously, I bet it's per like, game. travel costs. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see how this unfolds. But I mean, I have zero predictions. I don't know. Um, Moving on from lacrosse, got a lot of hockey. The biggest news this week, Bruins signed Brandon Boosie. More like Brandon Bussin. I'm like, either way, this name was made for us. And I'm so glad that he's on the Bruins. Yep. I was like kind of pissed off about it at first because I was like, all right, like the kid in Providence is fine. Like Sway is obviously the future. The the Bruins have said that like fans feel that way. It's been broadcast that way to the fans. Obviously, Allmark, I don't think is like long-term. So like, that's fine. Um, But my concern is that this kid is also so young. So are they trying to put make competition for Swayman or are they just trying to like make sure that the future is young? I'm just confused there. I don't know. Maybe it's like, because obviously Swayman is like, all right, he's solidified his spot as the starter now. So the chance of him ever going back to Providence, unless he like completely just like drops off or something are like pretty slim. So what they have like Kyle Kaiser down there now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know, yeah. if, honestly, who else they have for, like, goalie prospects. So maybe I don't know who the backup to, is. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to get a couple more in there and maybe just develop, see how they all go. Because they all are so young that, if anything, like, trade someone down yeah. the road. Because he is 23, and he came from, like, Michigan Tech or Western Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One I just – especially I was confused, too, because it's not like that's, like – a huge hockey school mm-hmm. so I don't know I was confused I mean I, I like the signing for us and the fact that we get to make <laughs> jokes and I'm not a Bruins fan but if I'm a Bruins fan I'm kind of scratching my head I just kind of saw it as like oh adding on another goaltending prospect then with the Bruins and their development I'm like who knows this kid could be gone in like years from now like traded away or or they'll hold on knows. to him for far too long I would say, or he'll be in Providence five years from now, still. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to be called up. Um, I do see that you have this in our notes, and I am glad that you want to talk about it because I feel like we have to. That Leafs game was fucking miserable. I turned it off. I will say, after last night's game, I have all the notes about last night's game now before it happened. I feel a lot better about that game now because I did. When it was happening, I was, like, obviously out. And I was, like, explaining to Jordan, like, it's not even like the Leafs are playing out of their mind right now. The Bruins are just having a dud of a game. And I think that happens to every They were due for one. Yeah, that's the thing. They've been playing so well for, like, months now. Like, it's been a while Mm -hmm. since they've had, like, one really, really bad game. It's just very unfortunate that bad game came, one, against the Maple Leafs. Yep, that was my point. And, two, the fact that. Add on to like, okay, the offense wasn't clicking, defense wasn't there, and then Swayman just had a bad night. Oh, he and did. He it had was a so bad sad. night in so long. Months. And again, that's just I got it. Yeah. Maple Leafs that yeah, it made I, it worse. Yeah, that's the worst part is it's the Leafs, but I got in like a huge fight with someone. I don't remember. I think, oh, it was on Xbox. So someone that I was playing with is like a Bruins fan, mm-hmm. and they were like ripping apart Jeremy Swayman. And I'm like, 
you obviously like don't think you like hockey, but you don't because nothing is wrong with Swayman. Like he's had a fucking phenomenal season. Like his home, even his home games, like they're, he, he just like, ah. the fact that some, like, it wasn't his fault. Everyone has a bad night. Look at all the fucking bad nights that Tuka Rask had. Like, shut the fuck up. Everyone's due for one. And the Bruins have been playing so well. It sucks that it was against the Leafs, but they were due for a bad game. It fucking happens. Also, when you look at how the schedule is, like, especially down the stretch, like the Bruins, remember the beginning of the year, it was like they were going five days without playing. And now it's, you're playing a game every other day. They've been traveling, you know, they've been all over the place. That does take a toll eventually. Totally. And we talked about that, like, oh yeah, that March, April stretch is going to be tough because they're playing so many games in a short amount of time. And I'm not saying like that was the reason why or like excusing it, but it just happens. Like it really, like it sucks. Like that was a tough game to watch. But then last night they bounced back. So I'm not concerned at all. No, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't understand. I feel like once again, Bruins Twitter, very divided. I feel like there's a side of Bruins Twitter that's like us. And they're like, they're due for one. It's fucking fine. Like the trades that they made are working out. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like, the fucking roof is on fire. The leaves just like ripped us apart. What are we going to do in the postseason if we're playing like that against teams like this? It's like, chill. Yeah, I'm, I was sad. I was upset in the moment, but I'm like, whatever we this is not how they typically play they're going to bounce back from this they're a very skilled team very professional team it's whatever yeah, <laughs> and then like they did for, bounce back and they gave yeah fucking devils a beat down so yeah I mean it's the devils but still it's like the thing is the thing for me and I've said this before and I'll say it forever my problem with Boston is that it is championship or bust mindset all the time that I think to the point where sometimes fans can be toxic to organizations and players here because the expectation is championship or bust to the point where like if Swayman does have a bad night like that kid can't get online for days oh yeah I would imagine a lot of boss staff just don't even look up their names I know like Chris Wagner said he's like I deleted Twitter last yeah. year during the postseason he's such a kid I love him I was like what should we call it on Twitter last night during that 8-1 Bruins game and you know Jake DeBrus had one of his best nights of his mm-hmm. career definitely probably the best night of his season and I saw it was a Bruins beat reporter I won't say which one but he was like because DeBrus made a hit and like knocked the devil's player over all this guy had to say he was like was that the first hit that Jake DeBrus ever made that actually had any impact on someone and I watched just reply be like yeah any of this game this I would have just been like, yeah. This is the best game we've had all season, and you're nitpicking that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, he did something good. And you're still, he did a lot of things good, but yeah, he hit a guy. It was great hit, whatever. <laughs> I also think that people here take it personally when people say they want out or they request a trade and they're unable to like separate like the fandom and business. But I'm like, you're a beat reporter. That's literally your job. Like, it's one thing when Bruins fans do. I'm like, your job is to be, like, objective and professional. And I'm like, you clearly just hate Jake Trust. Whatever. But I'm like, you can't put that out there if you're being paid to be objective. See, we are taking this personally because we like his girlfriend, even though she has no idea I exist. <laughs> you come for Jake. You come for us, bitch. Also, he was a little angel to Lauren the other day. So. <laughs> Lauren! I love Lauren. Jake DeBrus stands. 
Yeah, we should get Jake the Breast fan- Jake the Breast belongs in Boston t-shirts. <laughs> Boston is for everyone, and so is Jake the Brusque. <laughs> Jake the Bussin. That was still my favorite thing. Dude, I love that that has become a thing. I also, know. I don't know if you just heard my hip pop, but that was sexy. I did not hear that. <laughs> my whole ass hip just like um also before we move on can i i know that we are just saying that you shouldn't talk shit about boston athletes because they go through it but i am going to talk shit about connor clifton for a second oh i tweeted the other day you know i never tweet negatively about people i like straight up tweeted i was a little drunk yeah connor took <laughs> off my fucking team i'll drive him to the airport myself <laughs> it's true i've been saying this forever i actually so I will talk to you about this off the record, but you know who, you know who and I were talking about this? Thinks he's a great person? Nah. I'm just, I don't like his style play. I don't think it fits in this organization. He's just not productive. He like makes big hits and I was like, oh, whatever. But then everything else is sloppy. He does all these turnovers. He makes stupid plays. He's not productive. I think- was it you that tweeted that stat earlier this week that was like he hadn't scored in like 31 games or some shit? Fucking unreal. Unreal. I'm glad though. I was like, okay, after this game, because Clifton's needed to be benched for a while. So I'm glad that Maple Leafs game was just so horrible and just so obvious how poorly he was that now Mike Riley is up there. He's getting his chance again. I thought he looked great last night. People are so harsh on Mike Riley. I'm like, when he's good like he really stands out defensively it's just when he's not like on his a game he just kind of gets lost in the mix and I feel like people are like oh he's not doing anything out there he is a more productive defenseman than Connor Clifton by a country fucking mile so Mm -hmm. and you know what Connor Clifton Providence is close to Quinnipiac so see ya (laughs) (laughs) just one more note on the Bruins before we move on to the uh other NHL stuff I had this in the notes before was making his NHL debut last night with Craig Smith out. He had like 50 plus family and friends, like BC guys there. And he scored his first goal Hell in his yeah. NHL debut. I think that made him the fifth Massachusetts native to score in his Bruins debut. Hell which yeah. We should just sick. only draft Massachusetts people. I'm pretty sure that is their idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, all right. Bobby, or yeah, Bobby T to the Bruins. Did you see he's going to the Rangers? No, I didn't see that. Oh. Drafted free agents love the fucking Rangers, which I know technically Bobby T, I think he's from Long Island and he grew up a Rangers fan. So like, it makes sense, but I'm like, come on. I he was from Massachusetts. Is he from Long Island? That sucks. Yeah, he's from Long Island. I think he just played at UMass, but Ugh. yeah, he's mm. signed with the Rangers. Boom. Speaking of the yep. Rangers. They're so good. Mm-hmm. I will say their goaltending is their one biggest weakness. Other than that, so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago because I was like, Sarah, are the Rangers actually okay? Good. And I clowned. Remember when you're like, oh my God, Jack Sanika got called up and I had to go into my midterm. I was like, oh, it's just for fucking Frank Pajano. Like, whatever. He's like all of a sudden this superstar top six forward with the Rangers, which he's actually another Massachusetts native that scored in his NHL debut with Bruins. But anyway, yeah, he's a top six forward with the Rangers. And I'm like, 
I like clowned it like, oh, what a stupid, like useless pickup. Just worse than they have Panarin, Kreider, Adam Fox, who's nuts. I do love Adam Fox. I hate that he's on the Rangers, but I fucking love I Adam Fox. I hate the Rangers, but I like some of their players, so it sucks. I just, I don't know. They're good. They're so fucking good, and I would not want to pl- face them in a playoff series. Rangers fans are just insufferable. Oh, I work with a bunch of Rangers fans. I know they're going to hear this. You guys are the fucking worst. And like, <laughs> my face on some Rangers. Fans. <laughs> and like, like, no. Oh man, you guys. But like, uh, that's oh. awesome. I work with Rangers fans, and I know they're going to hear this. You guys are the worst. That's iconic. No, I know they listen to this. They always clown on me, and like anytime, like oh. Adam Fox, better than Charlie McAvoy, superior law. <laughs> like, all right, you know what? I love them both, so why do we have to bring McAvoy down, okay? <laughs> 1v1 me, snipers only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck the Rangers. Yeah. This is an anti-Rangers podcast. Which is ironic, because I think I've gone on three different Rangers podcasts now over the last year. <laughs> So I'm like, uh, am I like low key supporting the Rangers, like, and not even meaning to? Maybe, probably. <laughs> it's probably the SNS pod boost. <laughs> we do have a pod boost. We do. We had one athlete on the show. They went to play in a championship game, so I'm fucking rolling with it. <laughs> you can't take that away from me. No more athletes ever again. So we can just say the SNS pod boost that no one's allowed to have. Yeah, agreed. Heard um also should i announce our guest for next week yes uh i will do that at the end of the show so stay tuned um but we do have a guest next week and i think the people are gonna freak out yes but yeah any do we have other yeah we do have other hockey stuff red wings yes oh my god did you see that it was so funny I need did you see my again. note literally <laughs> you guys i need you to read this but before you read what this work so the red wings have like this like crazy workout plan schedule thing but my favorite thing about it is that it's sponsored by planet fitness there's not a single person planet fitness that can do pizza fitness no way all right read it let's go talk about so okay detroit red wings workout wednesdays presented by planet fitness this is not a joke. The Red Wings posted this to their Instagram story. It's a workout you do on Wednesdays during Red Wings games. If the Red Wings score first, you have to do 5,000 jumping jacks. If they record 25 plus shots, which that's not a lot of shots at a hockey game. 7,500 walking lunges. And if they win, 10K sit-ups dude wings fans are gonna be jacked but the thing is pizza fitness are you fucking kidding me i see i'm like are they like training people to like recruit them for the team who the fuck is capable of doing this which everyone's like oh ten thousand sips i fucking hate walking lunges i don't think i could do like 50 7, <laughs> this should be our combine sarah die. we found it <laughs> the red wings workout wednesday should we do the wings workout like on an instagram live 
<laughs> I like to blow up. <laughs> I will not. Uh, 10 minutes in, I'm going to be like eating a donut and doing crunches. I swear to God. I would say we try it because there's I think no we way should. we would ever even come close to finishing these. <laughs> Peak comedy. It's also on my to-do list today to look for places to take us golfing. Yes. So, but I do think, yes, I think that we should do the wings. I think we should do the wings workout. Down. I'm do so we know down. any, do we know any wings fans that would like do it with us? I only know a couple of Red Wings fans and none of them are from around here. Mm tough we should yeah well yeah I'm, i'll try it fuck it we should go yeah. we should get a day pass for planet fitness what do you say wait you go to planet fitness yeah i go to planet fitness we should do this at pizza fitness <laughs> <laughs> my planet fitness just a bunch of old people and then like these little like high schoolers who like go there to hang out <laughs> Sarah I'm not kidding I will do so much pre-workout and like recruit people to do this with us I don't care if you're 95 or 15 I think we should yeah okay. all right fuck it we're doing it um I think your last hockey note was Clayton Keller's injury which was fucking weird yeah that was scary I'm like, I don't really have any comments on that. I just hope he's okay. Obviously he said his season's over. He's hoping to be back mm-hmm. first day next season, but that was scary. I hate that it was against the sharks too, but it's also like, I don't even understand how it happened because like, I saw his leg get like folded up against the boards, but it's like, mm-hmm. it looked like he almost just like hit the, I don't know. If you haven't seen this, go look it up. It was against the sharks. What? Like three nights ago, four nights ago by the time you're hearing this. I think it was, oh yeah. Probably four nights ago. But like, it was just, it was the weirdest. It, it, it wasn't even like, it, it was contact, but like, just, I don't know. I don't know. It was a, I feel like definitely a freak injury, but it was scary. I got to go watch it again because the first time I watched it, I had, I was like eating my breakfast while watching it. And usually I don't get grossed out easily, but I was like eating a hash brown and like thought I was going to yeah. like puke my hash brown up. I don't know. It's yeah, just that- gross. Mm. It kind of reminds okay. me. It kind of reminds me of. Do you remember when Gordon Hayward had that really gross ankle injury that everyone just kept playing on like a loop? Yep. That was so gross. But I watched that so many. I watched it in slow motion at least fifty times. I remember but, everyone tweeted it like five thousand times. There I know. No I could avoid it. I do think that that was kind of when we saw like a split as far as like TV stations and um, stuff like that, like not playing replays of injuries. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that's the last time. Cause like, I feel like now ever since that happened, people have kind of like, whenever someone gets injured, they don't show the replay. They don't like, they don't do any of that anymore. Which I'm glad I hate that stuff. I'm watching this injury again. It's just like, please if you haven't seen this please like go look it up and watch it because like I see that he's got him with this yeah it's weird it was like contact but not contact and the way that his like knee just kind of hit the board yeah I think it must have been like the angle he was going at or something was just like Mm -hmm. the worst possible yeah because you see the stick like is like wrapped around like he's not like it it could have been a hooking call honestly 
but yeah. like I don't know it's weird too for me because like watching it back I feel like the trainer like knew right away because usually trainers don't run on the ice that quick and that trainer was fucking out there yeah wild though so scary I hate like I hate injuries but I also hate when like it's against like a team that I care for like that just I injuries suck man it's just yeah. ugh. <laughs> um so I think that's all we've got for NHL stuff I you wanted to talk college hockey yeah I just have one quick note about college hockey it's not really surprising I think everyone mm-hmm. saw this move coming Albie O'Connell's out as the BU mm-hmm. head coach I said Crazy. I was like RBJ Pindolfo like that's what I thought then people like oh no David Quinn could be coming back blah 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 I wouldn't hate that I just think it'd be kind of weird like again I wouldn't hate him to come back I just think Pindolfo's kind of earned that spot now I agree with you I also think that there's gonna be a lot of kind of turnover in the hockey east as far as coaching this year because the northeastern coach (laughs) BU I think and I don't know anything. So this is just a guess. I I don't know. And I have no insider information. I just could see UNH making a coaching change after this season. Um, that's just my opinion. I think that that would be great for the school. I love the coaching staff over there, but I personally um, would not hate to see that happen. So I'm just curious, like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of turnover as far as like hockey East coaching I'm like the only ones that I would think like obviously UMass Amherst not Mm -hmm. not gonna make any changes yeah obviously I don't know but I'll say Lowell no Lowell's staying yeah see so my thing BC Northeastern like BC I feel like it's due yeah yeah well yeah they I mean isn't Jerry retiring is he I think so Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I you might be right. Maybe. I think that that I think that that was kind of what was chat about. I don't know. Um, but my reason for Mike Souza is that five years ago, Dickie Millie was like one of the best coaches in the hockey East, and it's like they, yeah. he retired. Mike Souza came in, and I love Coach Souza. I think he's awesome. Um, but I don't think that he's a good fit for where college hockey is trending, especially at UNH, because, you know, he's the kind of coach that's like no facial hair, no hats in the weight room, like just very much one of those like militarized guys. And I don't think that they let him go sooner with the lack of playoff growth, because the last two years were the first years that he had full like recruiting classes of his own playing instead of like some of that tail end of Dickie Millie's recruits. Um, and there's just been no progress. I don't think that they're like getting the recruits that they want for the seasons coming up. And it's like, like I said, love coach Souza worked with him for two years as far as like being a media personality, but like, I wouldn't hate some sort of turnover there. And I, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say that if you're a Mike, if you're Mike Souza, if you're a Mike Souza's family, if whatever, I'm just from a media perspective and someone who loves hockey, I think that kids in today's culture want to play for that cool coach, that coach that's like, yeah, you know, you can have a playoff beard. You can wear a hat in the locker room. Like, yeah, let's those kids be themselves and express themselves on and off the ice. And I just, I don't think that Mike Souza really fits into that culture. Okay. So, I'm like, I don't know enough about UNH hockey. Yeah. To- yep. So I don't know. I think that we could probably, especially this is something I didn't think about until just now either. There is not a single Hockey East team in the Frozen Four. No. 
And that's a problem. That's a problem because like, think of all the fucking talent here and how much you send to the NHL. And it's like, you don't, your reigning champion is a hockey East team and you don't have one team back. I really thought they were going to return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minnesota's was wiping like, the floor with people. That was tough to watch. It is. Um, so obviously moving into closing out our show, pop culture shit of the week. Bruce Willis is Sarah's pop culture shit. And I am so sad about this. It like, it's so upsetting just to hear like how like, he's been kind of like treated and like again no one knew this like one of the biggest like stars over the last however many years and just was going through all this and no one knew it's so yeah well it's like scary because like I didn't I don't remember what he's suffering with I can't remember what it's called but I looked it up and like the the fact that like did you see that he's been having to wear earpieces Mm -hmm. so like if you don't know what's going on with Bruce Bruce Willis basically he has this I think it's a genetic disorder I think so I think it's a genetic disorder where you can't understand language or can't perceive language. Like it just feels like everyone is speaking a foreign language to you. Um, so he's like, he can't speak. He can't like, and like, he was like having an earpiece in his ear for people to tell him what his lines were in movies. And it's like, he's just such an icon that it's like, I feel like I grew up watching Bruce Willis movies. And this is just so sad at the fact that this is how he's going. It's not even like his choice. Mm-mm. It's really sad. I don't know. I feel like it got lost in the mix of all the Will Smith shit. But. It definitely did. Yeah, for sure. Um, my pop culture shit of the week. Welcome back to Saturdays and the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> Courtney, a bunch of unfiltered photos were posted from the Oscars this weekend of celebrities. Um, Courtney Kardashian had one of her photos with Travis Barker that kind of went around the internet. It was very unfiltered, natural skin texture, very clear that she has, you know, like back acne and face acne and just is a very real human being. Um, and I think that people and young women needed to see that. And the Mm -hmm. Kardashians are upset about it, that those photos were posted or whatever, but like, fuck that. Like you guys, you guys have profited billions of dollars off of exploiting women and saying that their bodies and their faces don't look good enough because you guys can afford all of this plastic surgery and injections and, you know, whatever. And it's like, you have sold to the modern American woman that this is how you need to look. But in reality, you look just like the rest of us and you're mad about it. See, I'm like looking at it from like just a business perspective. Like, obviously, the Kardashians are like basically their own like entity now. I'm like, wouldn't you want to buy into like, yes, like I'm a real person, like someone mm-hmm. just like you. Like, people are more likely to want to like invest in you and follow you if they're like, okay, this is a real person. They struggle with the same things that I do, whatnot. And instead, it's kind of insulting because I feel like the same thing happened when Khloe Kardashian had that like picture go mm-hmm. around of her like unedited in like a bikini mm-hmm. or something and like was like threatening like sue people for posting it I'm like well what's wrong with looking like that yeah <laughs> like that, a lot of people that love you or like follow you or fans of you look exactly like that <laughs> I think she looked great in that picture I was like what do you mean this isn't edited I don't I don't get it I really don't I'm like we're the way especially I don't want to call out like Chloe specifically but the way she edits herself I'm like you look better just normally. You know, you look like a human in this. Well, yeah, and it's like, I remember when those photos of Kylie came out too, when she was like going to her car Mm -hmm. and people were like, whoa, she like looks so different. Like she's just like the rest of us and stuff like that. And it's like, 
I don't know. Like I'm getting to the point I've never felt bad for the Kardashians, but now I'm like kind of becoming a Kardashian hater because like they're pissed off about shit like this, but you're the reason that the beauty standard that's out now exists. And you're complaining that people on the internet are ruthless towards you for the image of women that you created. This is your fault. You are not the victim. You guys have been selling your fucking products to people saying you'll look like this if you use this or do this or whatever. And now you're like, well, the internet's so mean. Like, I just have this beauty standard that I have to uphold. You created that fucking yeah, I'm like, beauty you standard, Yeah, you are the bitch. ones that put that in. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I have no sympathy for you at all. None. Like, because for years, I feel like it's just now starting to settle down. It was like, oh, you have to have a big butt, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm shaped like a fucking door, okay? Like, flat You got line. titties? on my back it's just like straight and I'm like whatever this is just I don't care it never bothered me until like all of a sudden I'm like every single girl on Instagram has like gigantic fucking ass I'm like mm-hmm. I'm just like bored but I'm like you are the people that put this into place mm-hmm. and I'm like oh woe is me like yeah the internet is so harsh about your body image shut the fuck up <laughs> shut up <laughs> um Tea party segments. I feel like I'm going to talk about Russell Westbrook and then we can talk about Will Smith. Cause I feel like it was very obvious that both of our tea parties this week were going to be Will Smith's who, who, who is not talking about fucking Will Smith. Um, I just want to say that I have zero sympathy for West Russell Westbrook either. I don't know if you saw, I know that you don't really follow basketball, but you kind of see like the clips of like the funny shit that happens and like the drama of mm-hmm. basketball. Did you see what happened with Russell Westbrook and that reporter the other day? Mm-mm. So there was like a pre- like a post-game press conference and a reporter asked Russell Westbrook what was going on with the team, like why the chemistry wasn't working. And he was like, he freaked the fuck out on this reporter, like got up, stood up, walked to the door and was like, well, you tell me what's wrong. Like you're the reporter, you know everything. You tell me what's wrong. And he goes, I'm just trying to do my job and figure out like where you think the chemistry is not working or something like that. And Russell Westbrook was like, get bent and fucking walked out. What the fuck? Yeah. I do not feel, and a couple weeks ago, I know you probably didn't see this either, you might've, but he was saying, so people have been calling him Russell West Brick because of like, he's just been like bricking shots off the fucking rim for however long now in LA, which is a part of, big part of their struggle is that the team didn't think that they would have all of these all-stars and it be an issue. Yeah. But he was saying, this is causing my family trauma. Like my kids are going to school and be calling, like they're being called like West Brick, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. I'm so sick of Russell Westbrook. So I tweeted and I was like, I have zero sympathy for Russell Westbrook in all capitals. <laughs> I did see your tweet. I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, he who fucking Russell Westbrook is, but fought with a reporter, like fought with this man. It was unreal. Unreal. But obviously the topic of the week is Will Smith. My first question for you, do you think that this was staged or not? I don't think it was staged, no. I can't decide, man. I don't either, just because of like, everyone's reactions. But at the same time, like if you watch it back, like just the way that he hit him was such a Hollywood hit. <laughs> I don't it just, know. Like, it felt I just, like that Batman meme. I like think of how like the Oscars like try themselves to be this hoity-toity like thing. Mm. I feel like they don't want that kind of attention. And I know they are upset with how things have played out because the Academy mm-hmm. is much pretentious pricks. So. Yeah. Well, so the conversation has kind of been two things that I've heard. I don't know about you. So one, 
I heard that Kanye is banned from the Oscars because of like something he said. And obviously the other conversation is that should he have to give his Oscar back and should he not be allowed to the Oscars again because Kanye isn't for just words. He didn't even physically assault anybody. I didn't know Kanye wasn't allowed at the Oscars. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I know Will Smith put out that apology and whatnot. And mm-hmm. was like, I acted emotionally, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think they're holding Kanye to a certain standard. You have to, at the same point, hold Will Smith to a certain standard, especially if he just got on stage and assaulted someone in front of the audience and the entire world. Yeah. I just never saw this coming from Will Smith. And honestly, kudos to Chris Rock because he handled that like a fucking champion. I fucking love Chris Rock. Everyone was like, he's so irrelevant. This is the most relevant he's ever been. I'm like, I think Chris Rock's funny. (laughs) Can we talk about how Jake DeBrusque, because of all the Will Smith drama, took Mia to see Chris Rock the other night? I was like, I'm so curious if they had tickets this whole time. Cause I know Definitely some people that went and they were like, my tickets are $40. And then now they like spiked up to 400. <laughs> Someone sold their tickets for two grand. And then they got mad. Cause they're like, oh, he even talked about, it. I saw it in the news. I'm like, well, yeah. It's probably a legal but issue. You idiots. I don't think he's allowed to talk about it. If he Mm-mm. is, it's not going to be the first time he gets his jokes off at a random show in Boston. <laughs> no, but he has like two more here, right? Yeah. I'm like, if anything, he's probably going to make a whole Netflix special out of it, as he should. Get the fucking bag out of it. <laughs> yeah. People are saying that this is like the most iconic Oscars moment ever. I would say so. I mean, I not that I follow the Oscars closely. I know Tyler does. So Tyler, if you know any mm-hmm. Oscar moments... Let us know. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tyler. All I can think of. The weirdest thing for me was, is it Jaden? I think it's Jaden. His tweet after he was like, that's how we do or something like that. It was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Also, I learned that like a donor for the Oscars is an alopecia medicine company. So that's the only reason, because now people are talking about alopecia so much and stuff. That's the only mm-hmm. reason that I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very interested what Jada Smith is. I'm like, we have talked about Jada Smith, like just society has so much over the last year. She's like, yeah, I fucked this guy. I fucked this guy. All I'm married to Will and he was silent. And (laughs) Chris Rock makes this joke. And I get like, you probably didn't know that she had alopecia. I think it was still not a good Mm -hmm. joke to make. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's not like he like tore apart. You call her G.I. Jane, which if you see, I'm like, that's not Kind of a badass movie. Yeah, I'm like, honestly (laughs) I yeah I'm curious to see where this goes I don't know I like like Jada Smith and now I'm just free will free will Smith from Jada I think that she's the issue get away from each other yeah she's toxic as shit yeah I'm not team Jada sorry I listen to her um like red table talk thing sometimes I do like that I like when they have like they have good guests on stuff yeah and I think that's that was the first time I watched it actually and then I they also had Jordan Woods they mm-hmm. have a lot of good people mm-hmm. but I like her in that setting I don't think those two should be together obviously who the fuck knows what goes on I don't know but yeah. from I the do, outside looking in yeah on the outside looking in I I do also kind of respect how throughout this entire process they've kind of treated 
Willow and Jaden like adults. Like I do appreciate that about their parenting. Like they were very open up front and like had like civil discourse about all of it and like kind of didn't keep their kids in the dark, which I think is really bad for kids sometimes to do when like your parents are going through stuff. So I do respect that about it. I just like, I feel like Will did this because he thought Jada wanted him to. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Because when you saw the clip, like at first he was laughing about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And then it was just, oh shit, she's actually mad. Let me go storm the fucking stage. I get it. It's heat in the moment. He said he got emotional. I'm like, you could have just done that later. (laughs) Breaking news. We have breaking news. High Noon came out with new flavors for Tyler's birthday. No, Tyler, don't make this an April Fool's joke. So our intern just texted us. Oh, no, there's a pack, a pool pack. Guava, kiwi, peach, and lime. Holy shit. That better be real. Breaking news. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. Okay. So, all right, we got to find these. Where are they? I need that. We need that. We need those immediately. Immediately. Those in the tea flavored. Did you see the TikTok I sent you last night? The Bud Light teas have three different flavors. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, I sent you a TikTok. But anyways, this show is going to be so long. I have one tweet of the week. Do you have anything? (laughs) I don't. Okay, so my tweet of the week. Some a-hole tweeted. If you're a single woman over the age of 24, it's over for you. A woman at her peak fertility is 23. After this, she loses 10% a year in attractiveness and desirability. Men also become increasingly repulsed because they innately know older women have less time to breed. Statistically, a woman has dated the highest quality man she can hope to secure by age 23. This is because high value men select high for for high fertility. If she fails to secure his commitment and rear children with him, she will need to settle for exponentially lower status men with time. Women are hyper deflationary asset class. One I've received. Yeah, yeah, that's what this man said. And I just said, ugh, thank God, because I don't want to be desired by you or any man, <laughs> let alone any man that feels that way. So thank you, sir. Well, if after 24, that's when it all goes to shit. I've got two months. So. Yeah. Yep. You got two months to live it up. Sister. Now. Yep. I don't give a shit. Um, I have a couple closing so- thoughts, Sarah. Do you have any? Okay, cool. Closing thoughts. Um, USA soccer is off to Qatar for the World Cup. Congratulations to them. Excited about that. Definitely gonna have to have like, it's in the fall. So maybe like, because lacrosse will be over, we can have like some watch parties or something like that. Um, Just because Matt Turner will be playing and that's sick. Um, But yeah, so doing that soccer to come. If you are watching this for our YouTube premiere, thank you so much. I think we are going to do this every week. And our guest next week, Boston Pride captain Mallory will be joining the show to talk about winning the Cup back-to-back. So we will see you guys next week for that. Love you guys so much. Keep on sipping, y'all. We'll see you next week. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. The Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. The Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Uh. It's Saturday, y'all. Uh. Saturdays and Celsius. 
with your host, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track.